Alright, welcome to another episode of the Speaking of Tangents podcast, a podcast for your ears. My name is Jason, and today KJ and I are joined by an original member of the TK Jingles family. He's a lifelong sports fan of DC area teams and one of the most recognizable voices in all of the Jingles. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Joe Arrow! First, we'll sit down with Joe for an extended interview, and then we'll get right into more top five album discussions among all sorts of other tangents. Shout out to Tata K, get hype, let's go! Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Well, yes, Jason, we do in fact have a guest. You just announced it yourself, and uh, I don't know if you remember, but it's Joe Arrow. All right. How are you guys? Welcome, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. I've, I've been waiting to be. I've been waiting to be asked. <laughs> Your whole awesome. life. It's <laughs> however long this has been going on. <laughs> what has it been like? Well, I we think we talked about it a while. Thirty something like episodes. Thirty. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, since um, I think it was August when we first. What's the lingo? Dropped the first ep. <laughs> yeah, is, is that the lingo? Are you making a hip hop album now? Is that what you're doing? Drop the first ep of the pod. TK really likes that. Are you spitting fire on your verses? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of TK, yeah, drop. Joe, That's good. Um, if you've listened to any of our uh, guest appearances before, you kind of know that the first thing we ask is how and when did you discover Tony Kornheiser? Was it in print, radio, PTI, all um, of the above? Well, uh, my first, I I was a big um, sports. Uh, I always had the Washington. I always got the Post. So back oh. in the mm-hmm. day when the Redskins were really really good, um, I would always go. Even though I lived in Baltimore back during that time, I'm like in the middle now. I live like even miles from Baltimore and DC. So I'm like right in the middle in Howard County. Cool. Oh. Still considered Ravens territory where I live, but you go like seven miles one way and you're in redskins territory so but i always mm. got the post and um because the you know the baltimore papers didn't give me any skin stuff really so i started reading his columns and i remember the columnettes and i saved mm. a bunch of them from back in the late 80s and the early 90s when he did the bandwagon column that wow that column and john fitzpatrick did me one better because i I thought I was bragging one day when I said I saved the column. He's got like the commemorative edition of it. Yes, he so, does. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got Tony to sign it at the first Jingle Fest. Yeah, I yeah. Think he told that yeah. story. I thought, yeah. I thought, man, I, I got something none of, none of the rest of them have. I got the actual newspaper. He's <laughs> And he breaks out the commemorative edition. I was like jealous of that. That's very cool. So for some of our listeners out there, what's a newspaper? The Washington Post. <laughs> That's a great question. This is back before there was like it websites and the, the internet as we know it. The actual newsprint newspaper. That's yep. That's going back a ways. That's great. I still get it. I mean, I don't get it every day, but I mean, I still get it and I still go read it during football season cool. most of the time. I don't really bother with the baseball season because I'm an O's fan. A lot like um, I think Sean when he was on he he had he mirrors my sports uh, tastes mm-hmm. because. I've been an Orioles fan since I was a little tiny kid, and and um, 
Redskins fan since the Baltimore Colts left town. So Man. I adopted the Redskins. They were my team. And Baltimore didn't have a team. And even though the Ravens came, you know, I was already heart and soul into the Skins because they were so good for so long and I wasn't going to give them up. Yes, totally. I totally understand that. Makes sense. And, and speaking of the post, um, that I just here's here's what we do on our podcast. I'm taking a tangent. Um, <laughs> KJ, that picture of Liz that you tweeted. Yes. So I should I should start out say this way. So since you got the post, you're familiar with Liz Clark and all her yep. writings and stuff. Absolutely. I love when Liz is on the show. She's yeah, fantastic. Great. One of my favorites on the show too. It cracked me up when I saw that picture you tweeted of her retweeted KJ of her and the other three ladies mm-hmm. Chelsea and the other um, I don't Candace. Can, do you know the name? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the other gal's name? I'm blank. Isabel, I think. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds right. That they're they cover the four major sports. They're the ladies that cover the four major sports for the Washington Post. And I saw that picture, and I'm like, wait a minute. I've stood next to Liz before, and she's not very tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not near as tall as I am, and I'm not super tall. And she's like towering over these other three ladies. And I'm like, is she on a stool? What is going on in this picture? <laughs> did you notice that in that picture where she's like at least a head taller than the rest of them? I actually did Are they did all that notice. short? Have you met any of the rest of those? No, but I, I had the pleasure of meeting Liz Clark at J- yes. Jingle Fest Part 2, Even Liver. Mm-hmm. And um, I just recall thinking, she's pretty tall. I was looking way up, I felt. <laughs> Um, so I actually did notice, I don't normally notice stuff like that because everybody's tall to me, but I did notice that picture that she was kind of towering above them all. Yeah. And I didn't think she was that tall. So they must just be really short. I'm guessing. Have you met either of the other three, Joe? Let's see. I think Liz is the only one of the three. Are you? Yeah. Same for me. Wait a minute. Name the, name, name them all again. Chelsea Janes. I've never Mm -hmm. met Chelsea. I've read her stuff. I've never met her. Yep, and then Candace, and I can't remember her last name. Candace, I think, Chelsea's the only other one I'm familiar with because she does the Nats. And she's been on Tony's show, too. She's been on Tony's show. Candace and Isabel, I don't know which one. Candace Buckner. Yeah, does she cover the Caps or does she cover? She covers the Wizards. The Wizards. And And then then Isabel covers the Caps. Isabel Kirsten, Kirsten, I think her name is, it looks like. Okay. She's the Caps, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never met any of the and other three. I've read stuff by all three of them, actually, just on the website, the Washington Post website, and they're all they're all really cool. I, I really enjoy their take on a lot of this stuff, so it's great. Yeah, really I've cool. read them, too, but I I um, had not met them, and I can't I can't get their last names down. <laughs> but oh, oh, speaking of that, this is hilarious. Five minutes ago, I just went to Twitter to get the article to go get their names, yeah. make sure I got their last names yeah. right. Liz tweeted out five minutes ago, I'm sure I was quite perched on a higher step as you three are towering <laughs> figures in my eyes. Because Candace had tweeted, I'm wearing heels in why, why is Liz, I'm wearing heels in this picture. Why is Liz towering <laughs> over me? Well, there you go. So I'm glad other people noticed it. That's funny. Hashtag QE. Um, Way to derail the podcast. Sneaky talk. the host. Yeah, but that was pretty, pretty neat. Um, Apparently, the gentleman who hired them didn't even realize that he had hired four women to cover the four major sports until somebody That's brought good. it up to him. Yeah. That's good. That means he's hired the best people for the job. Right. That's mm-hmm. great. Right. So anyway, where were we? Oh, we were talking about you when you started listening to or when you first became aware of Kornheiser. So it sounds well, like I, through mm-hmm. the print. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I listened to the, the early shows, too, because I remember... Um, I remember the early days with with uh, 
with Gary, and I remember when they took calls. Um, I wasn't a regular mm-hmm. listener, but I remember a lot of that stuff. And when I go on and like uh, YouTube it now, it's it brings back memories. And then he was on like um he was on like another lo- local station for a while. I think it was WTOP, where yes. they did mm-hmm. Washington Post right. Radio, and um, mm-hmm. he was he did that for a while, and then back to TEM. And I think it went in the nineties. It was the team. I think they called it the team, and it was an ESPN. Yes. But yeah, and this was this was the era where I think we talked about it with when John was on uh, was it last week, week a couple weeks ago where um, Pam Ward was yep. the board operator yep. and producing the show and doing the news that I've seen a couple of those clips and those are all great. You can absolutely see where Tony um, where the the show currently like the show that I when I started listening you know in the late two thousands and then you know the podcast now you can see <laughs> the origins of that even back then. Um, that's fun. How, that's fun stuff, that stuff to watch. That's fun stuff oh, to yeah, watch. Great. It's yeah, almost as good as watching. It's almost as good as listening to the the YouTube clips of the actual show nowadays. Like you can go back a couple yes. of years and listen to yeah, those clips yeah. of some of the funniest bits. I wish there was more of that. I wish there was a more like um, like depth and breadth of like amount. I wish they had all of it somewhere, like an archive, right? Um, because there's so much good stuff in there, and most of the stuff I found on YouTube from you know even just a few years ago is mostly highlights. Yep. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that stuff is eventually going to go away too, since now he's not on the radio anymore. And who knows? I I heard the other day that Dan Steiner may be selling the station. Yeah, I've been hearing. I've before. been hearing. I so who um where did I see that? I saw that there's going to be like lots of changes coming, and hmm. I mean they've pretty much lost a lot of people now. Everybody's going to different stations. I mean I don't know. Um, yeah, did Andy Poland did he leave or did they cancel he, the show? Do you know? Yeah, he. Uh, they told him it was about a month ago now that this is your mm-hmm. last show. After he was done the sports reporters one day with Steve Zabin, they said that was your last wow. show. They didn't yeah, even give him a chance to say goodbye, right. which is is terrible. Man, terrible. He's been there how many years? He's the dean. Yeah. Yeah, like thirty something years at least, I would think. But I think now he's. I, I think he's already I know joined he was on one of six early like ninety one, ninety two shows. I don't know whether um, he's a regular now on 106. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's 106.7. I don't listen to the other station, but the, the other sports talker in town. Oh, yeah. I saw he had like a Saturday show or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think it's like every Saturday, I think. Hmm, cool. I haven't listened yet, but I love Andy. Yeah, same here. And I only know him through going back and listening to the old shows with Tony. That's the only thing I – That's. I mean, not being in the area or right. ever, you know, right. living in the Washington D.C. area, that I just go back and listen to those clips on YouTube. Well, him and C-SPAN things with, and other stuff. Him and Steve, uh, Steve and Andy, they were um, another because I used to do a lot of driving back mm-hmm. in the early two thousands for my job, and I would listen to them in the afternoon, and then they switched them to the morning, and then I, I listened to them in the morning leading up to Tony, and they moved all around. But the sports reporters—that's a—that was a great show. I've, yes, Jerry and Jerry Negrelli and I have talked about that too. That was like one of the most enjoyable shows on on nine eighty, other than Tony's. Oh, the sport! I thought you were. I thought you were talking about the ESPN television show, Sports Reporters. <sighs> yeah, that recently also was canceled. Recently canceled, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. You, there was one called Sports Reporters on ESPN nine eighty. Yes, mm-hmm. the Sports Reporters. I don't. I guess. I mean, they talked about it one time that they had the same name as the ESPN show, but oh. it was. And they're not, and they talked and they joked about how they're not really reporters. And it was oh, okay. Steve and Andy, but but yeah, it was That's it funny. was called the Sports Reporters for the longest time, and it, up until like uh, five or four or five weeks ago when they ended it. Man, okay, That's very unceremoniously unceremoniously dumb done right there. That's kind of rough. Yeah. 
since uh, Zabin, I think it's now the Steve Zabin show. I mean, if you, neither one of you have ever heard Zabe, I mean, he is, he's brilliant. He really is. But he needed Andy. They were, they worked perfectly off each other. And so now he's just doing it solo. That stuff is not easy to find. He has, um, I'm not sure who produces the show. I know, you know, I think Scott Lynn, we all know Scott Lynn. Mm-hmm. I think. I, oh, yes. I think he's on the Scott show. Scott Lynn with the news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who else is involved with him because I haven't really listened lately, but um, I think Scott Lynn's involved still because they used to actually do another national show together, Scotty and uh, and Steve Zabin. They used to do. Oh, I didn't know that either. They used to no. do a national um I'm trying to think, was it um, Sport SI or um, one of the national, one of the national shows, they did a national show mm-hmm. that got canceled, both of them together. <laughs> I wish I, I could get that. more info, but I can't remember. I only know Scotland from the short stint after Kevin left to do his own morning show. Right. That um, Scott was the news guy on Tony's show when they were on the radio last year. Yeah. And many jingles were written yes. about that. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of jingles, how did you get into doing these crazy, immensely fun, ridiculous things in the first place? That's easy. To, that's an easy one to answer. Um, okay, Jerry, I would listen every day, and I would listen. Um, I think Jerry was on like four out of the five days back then, back in 2013. I think that's yeah, when we that started. Right. I know that. Uh, yeah. I know that Carol had the first. But Jerry was like the only person. He was like the only guy sending in songs. And there was one song he did in particular that made me say to myself, "Oh, I gotta, st- I gotta start doing this." And you know, it was uh, the Beatles song that I asked him if I could sing at the first Jingle Fest because they were we were doing covers. Oh yeah, that year, and we did the little cover segment. Um, yes, what was it? I read the news today, oh boy. Anyway, oh, he, yeah. That's day in the life. He yeah. did a day in the life, and that was that like blew me away. It was like so funny, mm-hmm. and that was what made me want to start singing jingles. And then I got like a little tape recorder. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I'm I've never been like like I've told you before, Jason, because I I've never been like really that technical where to know exactly what to do. I, I went I went and I watched his YouTube thing, and I knew what I needed to get. But oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the first two jingles that I did are still, they're still on TK jingles. And I, I was literally singing into a microphone with music playing in the background. It sounds terrible. It was, it was, um, <laughs> it was That's a cool, though. cover of another Beatles song, um, Eleanor Rigby. And I think that was the first one I did. And, um, God, what was the second one? They were both, the second one was Take It to the Limit. By the Eagles. Those were the first oh, yeah. two, and they were both, they were both just singing into a tape recorder with the music playing like in the background, and they're <laughs> yeah. And these were horrible. I think KJ has mentioned before oh, yeah. that she's that's that's how she started. It's more than it, just too. a few of them. I probably did ten or fifteen <laughs> of them with a my iPhone voice memo app. Now that I was, I didn't know how to get backing tracks, so mine are ukulele. But same idea. Just <laughs> it just yeah. sounded terrible, but um. Speaking of, you certainly f- found out how to how to do it because right now at the moment we're recording this, tkjingles.com tells me that you have done 241 jingles. Wow. And this doesn't even count That's your awesome. collaborations. Uh, yeah. And the um, way and the way that you churn yeah. them out, you might have three more by the time we're done with this interview. 
<laughs> yeah, this might Wait, be out of date. Well, you know, I am I am doing it in my in my infamous basement. In that's right. Right now, that's awesome. You know, that's I, one of the things that I wish I had back when we when I went to visit when I went to visit the show. <laughs> and I was going to ask you about that. They um they the first uh, Gary Braun jumped right on it. Like I was I was standing there. I didn't know what I didn't even expect to be on the air that day. I don't know if you guys know the inside story on that. Yeah. But, um. Um. They were expecting someone else who didn't answer the phone, and I. Yes. And I was like sitting there, and they're like, uh, "Tony's like, grab a grab a microphone. We need to talk to you." And the first <laughs> oh, question, the first question was, "How do you do this? What is yes? What I remember. It, what does it take to do this?" And I said, "Well." You could do it right here. You've got a you got a computer right here, and you got a microphone right here. And then Gary's like, "Oh, so you just have a radio station in your basement, you know, <laughs> yeah. a radio station in your house, or whatever." And I was like, "That was the dumbest comment I ever made." I didn't think of it that I, way. I thought I thought your whole spot that, and you must have had what seven eight minutes. Yeah, it was a good little. Yeah. it was a good little. Yeah, seg- I thought it was segment. great. I didn't yeah, think, yeah, I don't remember thinking too. that, but I do remember thinking, well, he churns them out in 15 minutes in his basement, but it takes me a little bit longer than that. <laughs> that was the takeaway for me, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I was also... The 50, I do it in 15 minutes. Yeah, then when I listened to it back, then I was thinking, oh my God, that sounds like that sounds like you were bragging about how short it... Because it doesn't, you know, you know it doesn't take that little bit of time. You have If you're writing the song, it certainly doesn't, but lot, right. a lot of the collaborations can be done that fast, because I've done like a lot of them sure. like that. Sure, yeah. Yes, if somebody else writes it and sends yep, you lyrics, yep. or you're working it together, and once you, I knew, I knew exactly what you're saying. Sometimes if it's only like a 30, 45 second, you know, verse and a chorus, and you already kind of know the song, yeah. or it's a simple, it's a you know popular song, so you're not having to learn it really. You can just knock it out in fifteen minutes. I totally because I, I don't know if you remember, I was on when I went to the show. They put they did the same thing to me. They were like. Put, put Jason on the mic. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah. I should have been prepared, I guess, but I wasn't. And <laughs> no. they, they asked me questions about, so Joe says this, it takes 15 minutes. Now, do you, and that's, that was the initial line of questioning to me was, so here's what Joe says. What do you think about this? And I'm like, I, <laughs> what? I remember. I remember. Yeah, I can understand. I remember the, I remember that. Listen to it a few times. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah, that, that, thankfully when I went there, I don't think they, uh, Trusted us jinglers enough to put us on the mic, except for they. I think, I think Jerry was on the mic. Maybe they just didn't trust me, but I don't care because I would have been terrified. <laughs> you went before the first Jingle Fest, right, KJ? When you yeah, were in the studio, I think it was yeah. um, 2013, April 2013. Yeah, and I think them Tony when Tony and Gary and Mark came to the first Jingle Fest and met all of us and and stayed for a while and had a good time and realized, oh, these people may be a little crazy, but they're not insane right. they're, you know they're normal people everyday people <laughs> you know they're not gonna you know stalk us we can have them come into the studio and we put them on the mic and they'll do fine and basically joe set it up i mean you like you said jerry you know i think he was on like giving information right. about something at one point about the website um but to me joe was the first time that they really like interviewed yeah. any of us that i can remember i think no i think i think jerry actually had a nice little interview before me i oh, remember okay. he i must was have missed in, that one then somehow. it might have been it might have been at the end well, of 2013 it- I remember been, yeah. because I asked him, I, I said, how was it? And he said, oh, they they uh, waited a really long time and they, they were like, they had me out in the uh, in the lobby and they were like, it seemed like they were worried. They thought I was going to be like a shady <laughs> character and they weren't sure if they wanted to let me in and finally they let me in. <laughs> yeah. 
and now now it's to the point where they're like hey come on in because yeah. they because they kind of know us and they realize you know we're not like i said completely insane at least <laughs> um and so they they they're very i i can't say enough at how about how great mark and tony and everybody that's that i was there i was i went the day i was there that um david aldridge and liz were there and everybody the working at the station everything was like hey come on in you want you want some food you want to do this here here yeah. you know we got some toothbrushes here here's some here's a toothbrush and i'm like what oh my god <laughs> yeah during, they they uh, yeah, during the breaks it's just they're great and welcoming and it's just been incredible both times i was offered bagels i'm too nervous i'm not going to have a bagel while i'm in the <laughs> studio Oh, I ate a bagel. I did too. And talked to Liz with my mouth full. Like, rrr, 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 rrr. But if I, I had can't. thought there was a chance they'd put me on the mic, I wouldn't have eaten a bagel. But I just didn't. I knew that that wasn't going to happen, or at least I thought I did. So I had my bagel. Well, see, now, though, you're an old pro on the mic. So the next, if we get to the point of where we're go, going to the undisclosed location, or maybe, you know, this summer at, at Jingle Fest Part 3, Desolation of Sanj, yeah. if uh, if we get on this, if they have, you know, maybe something at the at Chad's or whatever it's going to be called, um, maybe uh, maybe they'll put you on and, and you'll be great. Uh, I'd, I'd still probably... You put in the works. I'd still probably just choke up because that's what I do. I'm such a dork. <laughs> Well, I'm like that on stage too. It's I have like zero stage presence and it's so unnerving to be up there and people it's it just feels weird, you know, because I mean I've DJed a lot of places, but you're not like the center you're not like the center of the whole thing. You're just like playing music that people want to hear and mm-hmm. even in karaoke it's totally different. I, in my I, opinion. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah. never, you never, the the two the two times we've gotten together for Jingle Fest, you never came across as it, it, like that you weren't comfortable on the stage to me though. So I think, <laughs> oh my god, it doesn't tell the audience cannot tell. Shocked. I couldn't tell. I'm shocked it didn't. <laughs> and I know what you exactly what you're saying about the difference between a DJ and karaoke, and then I'm you know singing. There's a difference between I'm standing over here playing guitar and somebody else is singing, and I'm the one that's singing. It's 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 even a difference between that. Oh yeah. I've I've never had any problem. It's just it's. I'm just naturally been like I'm not afraid to I'm not afraid to get on the stage and say whatever and because basically I'm like if I look like an idiot I don't really care. Well, it helps when um, it helps when you have some actual musical talent. <laughs> no, you have. Wait a minute, wait. <laughs> yeah, wait. Did, didn't you hear me get scolded You're, last week with John and and Jason? Maybe you haven't heard that one. Yes, I said I wasn't I, a the musician. The voice is an and instrument, and you are incredibly yeah. The voice is a, your voice is an instrument, and Joe, you're incredibly talented. You have musical talent, and you are, you know, the really the voice of the jingles as far as I think most people or everybody is concerned. So don't even don't ever say you don't have any musical talent. I hope my I hope my daughter my daughter's taken guitar lessons and she's been taking them for awesome. a couple of years now and I hope that she I've always wished I could play. I really wish I should go now and take I don't know how long it's it would take me to learn, but man, I'd love to learn how to play guitar. I think you could do it, man. It's it, now that you you know enough about music and you understand how songs work. It's not. It's the the difficult part would be just getting your fingers to do what you know they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's difficult for everybody. So um, yes, it there are is. a lot of people who don't have any any rhythm whatsoever, and they don't have any musical inclination. Uh, you are definitely have you know it, it, you're you're good at um, picking up on the rhythms in the songs and that that kind of thing, and you understand how the song is supposed to go. So that you already got a step ahead. On that, well, anyway. it's funny because my brother Kenny, he's a pretty good guitar player, and I always thought he was dumb as a box of bricks growing up, and he can play guitar. <laughs> I, he can really play, and I'm sometimes amazed. Well, nobody ever said you had to be smart to play guitar. <laughs> yeah, <Huh>. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm proof of that. <laughs> you know, you could always, um, you know, start with the ukulele because that's easier to learn. Since I've tried guitar three times and mandolin a couple of times. 
Finally, I well, said, okay, I'm going to try the uke. <laughs> I, would, I would say that the ukulele is harder if you don't have like small hands and fingers. Uh, maybe, but I've seen a lot of big guys that play the uke. They have no problem. Yeah, I guess that's true. I love the uke jingles. We, we, we don't have enough yes. uke jingles anymore either. Another, another thing we're missing. Yeah, well, uh, it's that's the thing about uke jingles, as far at least as I'm concerned, is that I have to learn them on the uke first. Mm-hmm. So that takes me a while. Yeah. And now that I've learned how to do backing tracks, it's a little bit easier to just get a backing track. But once in a while, I hey, think it's, it's easier for me. Even. Yeah, I think, I've always know, had this will I've work always, with better with the uke, and I'll do it with the uke. I've always had yeah. a nice supply of backing tracks, but I used to use the the actual karaoke track with, with the background. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in it, and that nowadays doesn't really work as well because um, you can hear them singing other things. So now I've been having to go look for actual real instrumentals yeah. and um, yes. taking well, out that's, the back. That's the key. The yeah. bar has been raised. Yep, because yeah, everybody I've, I've is so few, good. Yeah, I've done a few with the um, the backing tracks of you know different vocals just because I could not find. Yeah, me too. I searched and searched and searched, and it was one where, I, yeah, I could record this and make the track, but this was in the days of basically last year when we were like quick turnaround trying to get stuff done done for the next day. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be, it's kind of hard overnight to, you know, do a complete E Street band song. So, so you got to, you got to go sometimes use the karaoke track. There's still a lot of times when I still use the karaoke because it's just, there's not instrumentals for everything out there. So, yeah. Right. That's true. There isn't. Um, Joe, your first jingle was in September 2013, and sounds, I think that's when I mine was. Sounds about right. September 18th, 2013 was my first jingle podcast delay. Speaking of uke, let me look up yours again. Wow. And isn't that still in the top 20? I think it is. I would doubt podcast it. Delay. I think so. I think it is. I think it's like uh, one of the... Oh, yeah, is. number 13. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Is I have a piano now, number one? I think I it's in the sh- top ten. I think Jerry still has that with We Didn't Start the Fire. The last yeah. time I checked. Yeah, I think yours was... I think yours was in September, too. And it well, was Eleanor, yeah, was Eleanor, Eleanor Rigby. Rigby. And it uh, sounds terrible. I, and it was a whole song. And I remember Jerry, um, he commented because he, he said, I think... The words were, "Oh, you're doing whole songs. You don't need to do the whole song. You just, just do like a minute, minute and a half." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay. I think I've heard him say oh, that yeah. multiple, yeah, multiple, multiple that times, times over the years. No, it was constructive criticism because I was going to do yeah. whole songs. I was like, okay, yeah. that's easier. Oh, Jerry, Jerry is the expert at get in, make it funny in 45 seconds and get, get out. in and get he's, out. He's yeah, the Tony's originator just, of that. Tony yep. said it all the time. He was the master. Yeah, yeah. Yep, still the master of that. Yep. Well, Jerry got to me early and told me that, so I didn't for a long time. My jingles were not longer than one, one twenty, one ten, and so. Um, it was easy for me to make the transition to this new podcast where it was less than that. But for people that do the whole songs like John Fitzpatrick and Rob, Rob Berg and, you know, you don't really me. do the long songs anymore, <laughs> Joe, but um, it's been a harder transition, I think. Well, bite your tongue because I just put the entire um, Simon and Garfunkel 
song on that was my last one I did and that's the entire Oh was it the Bridge Over Trouble Water? Yeah, the entire thing. Yeah. And I'd already done that once before, but then um I don't know why. I you know, some nights I just lay awake and I'm thinking of like rhymes and I know you probably both do that same thing. And oh, yeah. then the the names were just coming and it was like uh Sean Morrissey, la, 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 and I just put all the names of, and I tried to include everybody. Can't include oh, everybody. Oh, I haven't heard right? that yet. Oh no, that's 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 tough. I, now. I, I think <laughs> I got most involved. of the main, most of the main, mm-hmm. and some of the people we haven't even heard from in a while. I think oh. I think I did a pretty good job with that, but um, yeah. I don't. That think could be I'll most of us nowadays. It's like th- three and a half minutes. <laughs> oh well, I need to go listen to that. But I was yeah, looking. I enjoy here. those still. Your your first jingle was recorded on nine nineteen twenty thirteen, and mine was recorded on nine eighteen twenty thirteen. So wow. we like started one day apart. Wow. Um, wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> well, that's really cool. Speaking your, of uh... your jingle writing process, so over the years now since twenty thirteen, a lot of us jinglers. We've gotten to know each other pretty well, and you know some of through some of the guests that we've had on this show, I feel like we've kind of learned, Jason. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. That we all have similar methods to how we approach writing these silly things. Um, You're wrong. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. You're right. Go ahead. You know, from I agree. from hearing Tony say something really stupid. And just kind of searching for a song with a similar word in the title to yes. maybe having a list of songs we already want to do written in our notebook. Yes, we, yes. come on, Check. we all have a notebook. Uh, yes, or at least a piece of yes. scratch paper or, a, you know, file on a computer somewhere. Yeah. I've gone I've gone digital with mine now. Oh, have mm-hmm. you? Mine's on a note yes. app. Nice. And, or you know, and then we just wait for Tony to say something that fits the song that we want to do or mm-hmm. to the songs that... I don't know, sort of float into your head like Joe was just talking about. And subconsciously, they seem to write themselves. Yes. The best ones to me, and I've heard other people say oh, this yeah. about their jingles, and I know this comes from me. The best ones are when you hear something on the show and immediately you get the title and you have maybe like two or three lines before you could even start writing it down and you start like writing or typing as fast as you can go. And, and really, you have the whole thing where you could record it and have it completely done written in, in 15 minutes. I had that, so that's, I had that with I had that with two things that I can think of and the mm-hmm. the trash thing when he was talking about the trash cans. Yep. The trash absolutely. thing happened the like an hour after he was the show was over. I had it written. Yes. Yeah. And I had just I just had to wait to to do it and then I sent it in that day. That like a couple yeah. hours later. And then the other the other thing was your idea. You had an idea. You never had any lyrics but you said when the caps were choking two years ago, it was two springs ago. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I guess it was May of 2015 when they lost in the playoffs. You said, you uh, you emailed me, I think, and you said, wouldn't it would be really... Oh, this is the Frank Sinatra Frank thing. Sinatra song. Yes. You, you should do a Frank Sinatra saloon song about the Capitals. And I don't know what you... As soon as you said that, I knew the song it was going to be. It was going to be <laughs> one for my baby, one more for the road, and that. Yep, I remember that one. And oh, yeah. that happened real fast too. But that was all. That was Jason's idea. I'll never forget. Uh, that was when John Fitzpatrick and I were emailing about something, and um, he said something, and I was like, you know, what would be great if if do do uh, Frank Sinatra with that, and I sent that to you. That 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 was that was really cool to see uh. from. John saying something to me, going, "Hey, what about this?" And this to you, and then you taking it and running with it, and it was, it was. That's a great one. I love that. That one. was so fun to do too, and it really went over well. That was one of my most. Oh yeah, I love that when your song gets that 
that response, and we all have that. Yes. That was one of the ones that I really loved hearing on the air. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. As far as my process, I I'm just it's it's just like there is no process. It always happens like when I'm not even expecting it. Like I I go through a dry yeah. spell for a long time, and thank oh, yeah. God I'll I'll see something on the website, and I'll and I'll do like five or six collaborations in a row before I can think of something because. Mm-hmm. There's always something that he talks about that you could do, but there's so many people that are that are funnier, and they do like if I have an idea, then I'll look and I'll see it's already done, and it's way funnier than anything I could ever think of. So if I ever have an idea that I can get out before somebody else, oh man, that's like that's like the greatest because it doesn't happen often anymore. Uh, it's, it's that's that's a great moment. I know exactly yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. I feel that way too. It's starting to die down a little bit, though. Wouldn't you agree that it's not happening as much? Like when it was in its prime, maybe you could. I'm talking prime of jingles, but whatever. Um, you can you can kind of see, or you could have that difficulty where you you think of something and then someone had already done it like an hour earlier, where people were just when you had the the news oh, yeah. and the turnaround jingle, where that's yeah. not really as prevalent now or is it's pretty much dead the turnaround jingle um yeah, it so it's not happening really as died. much except if you're john skolnicki he has like five songs a week that he puts up there oh yeah robert five <laughs> oh yeah robert yeah. robert i'm sorry i said yeah. john robert skolnicki <laughs> i was like who what, what about I, 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 I did put a year i did get his name right in the song that i just did so robert yes, yes. good good yes and you can actually pronounce his last name so we're that that's credit right there i wouldn't yes. have known it if i didn't hear tk doing it i would have never known how to say it <laughs> Yeah, he's actually written um, a couple of jingles for us, uh, more than a couple, three or four. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them I'm absolutely going to do uh, when I'm done with this other project I'm working on. <laughs> I want to do one with me and my robot friend assistant, Alexa. Alexa. Yeah. So I'm absolutely going to do that one, and we're going we'll put it on the website or do something with it. Because I know Jerry's doing ones that are um, like uh, he's doing original songs and stuff like that. This wouldn't be an original song, so I'm not sure I'd post it there, but definitely <laughs> would. Uh, email email it to robert and say hey you know this is great because it he's he's done some good stuff so he's very prolific in his writing yeah. for sure he yeah. seems to have one after every show yes he yeah. has an idea and he puts it right on there after yep. every show yeah but to what you were saying kj i the two things the two times that come to mind that were, were like something happened on the show and then like by the end of the next day there were like four or five or six mm-hmm. jingles yeah. about that were the flocka with the guy in, tr- yeah. in florida with the yeah. tree um, which I think we all might have had one about that. Yep. Yep. Um, the one I remember out of that, obviously, is Brad's Arbor yeah. Bride, yeah. the very white one. <laughs> so he, he, he got us on that one. Um, one of the greatest then, jingle lines of all time. My yes, Arbor Bride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the, um, the, the hoarding, when Tony was talking about his house, about collecting oh, yeah. junk in his house. Yep. And we had just this run of... I think it was seven or eight at that point jingles yeah. that were like Jerry played like a lot of them or maybe all of them. He played five or six of them on the podcast one one episode like back to back because it was just every one of them was lights out. It was great and that 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 kind of thing. I think unfortunately that you know heyday might be gone just because it doesn't. We don't have the quick turnaround, so you don't have like everybody doing them in that short amount of time. But that was, those are the two that come to my mind when I'm thinking about ones that I'm like, wow, those are two moments that something happens on the show. And then you have five or six songs. Bam. Right away. I can remember a run of Nat's jingles when they, um, when they got knocked out 
<clears throat> not last year, but oh, the year before yeah. last. I, I know John Fitzpatrick had a really funny one. Um, I can't remember all Lost of them, but there the was Giants a nice run. Lost to the again. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the one? That, that was not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of, uh, there's a, a man one. with a bat over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what, stop, that? hey, what's that sound? Everybody look. Fortunate I don't remember the son. lyrics. Fortunate son. No, Did not have... fortunate. No, not fortunate son. Um, stop. Hey, what's, what's that sound? Everybody look. What's going down? It's not something's s- happening here or something like that. Whatever the name. That's that right. Is. That's not fortunate son. Something's yeah. happening here. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the name That's of the it. The first but... line of the actual. Yeah. I think everybody knows that song. This mm-hmm. from the stop part of it. Yeah. That was a great one. Oh yeah, there have been tons of Nats and Caps jingles too, and Redskins. Yeah. Yes. God, I've got that so, song. That song now on the tip of my tongue, and I and I can't. And if I was, <laughs> you, you know, I, about I was a tri- We were at trivia. I was the. I was only there one time. I was there the first night they did it at Chad's. And oh, cool. And um, you know, the music. I said, "Let me do the. I, I can help out with the music, and I can help out with the sports. That's probably all you're going to get out of me." So when we had like, <laughs> we had like eight or ten songs that they played. And we had to write down the name and the artist. So I think I got like eight. Oh, they do like a name that too. Oh, well, cool. they did. They did. They did that night. I don't know if they do that every week, but they did it that yeah. night. I think I got like eight out of ten. But that's great. There were two that were pretty new that I didn't know because like I'm I'm like okay before two thousand and three. But yeah, that's now a, I can't that's with a good you on that. Thing. Now I can't think of this song, and that's 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 driving me nuts because <laughs> um, stop. Hey, what's that sound? This is driving me crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna be bothered by this now. <laughs> For Speaking. what it's worth. For what it's worth. Buffalo Springfield. That's it. Oh. Yes. That's what it's called? For what it's worth? Yep. For what uh, it's worth. Yes. I never knew anyway, that. I guess I always thought it was stop. What's that sound? Nope. <laughs> I can still see the 45. That's that's what happens when you have artists who get a little too cute and they name a song something that's not the main refrain of the song. And I can say that about people because I do that all the time. Oh. <laughs> so everybody's like, what's the name of that song you did? I'm like, oh, it's, oh yeah, it's the name of this. And they're like, that's not the chorus. I'm like, no, actually that word or phrase isn't, isn't even in the song. It just happened to be the name of the song. So, Well, that you know, that's more artsy. Yeah. I've never said I wasn't artsy. <laughs> I mean, I might be a little too artsy at some, with music sometimes. And speaking of music, Joe, what are your musical influences what did i know you've grown up with a lot of elvis um mm-hmm. and it seems like maybe some motown well i've always loved motown i remember um god i we used to play my dad my dad always had like the greatest record collection and i would always play the 45s and he you know back when he dj'd in the clubs it was all records because it was in the 70s and the 80s and I don't think he switched over to to CDs until the nine the early nineties when he was ready. He was like done because mm-hmm. he was ready to stop doing it, and that's when I started doing it in the early nineties, like by myself. But um, yeah, um, Elvis was the you know it's funny I didn't even know who Elvis was till the day he died. Um, oh really? My my mom. I was seven. My mom was rocking my baby brother to sleep. I remember this moment like. Like it was yesterday, and the news was on. It was like uh, nine o'clock or ten o'clock, and and the news came on, and they were like making this big deal about about Elvis Presley is dead and long live the king. And I I I remember saying, "Mom, who is Elvis?" And she she was 
actually she had tears in her eyes and I could tell she was yeah. really sad. I didn't know who he was, but then from that moment on, I was like fascinated. And the cool. first record, the first record that I actually went and spent my own money on was at a store on Light Street in South Baltimore called Tommy Tucker's. I'll never forget it. It was the Elvis in concert two record set. The two two album, the two thirty three and a third record set. I was seven years mm-hmm. old. I got my cool. mom to take me. And it was Elvis in concert and they were one of the one of the, the records was his last show where he forgot some of the words to some of the songs. Oh. And um Are You Lonesome Tonight being one of them and Yeah. Anyway, that that from that moment on I was like, Elvis is like the all time he's my all time favorite singer. I mean, if I always wished I could sound like Elvis from when I was a, from from that moment, because then they played all the songs, and then I got into the movies, and they were all terrible, but I loved them. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't he couldn't act, but I loved the movies, no. and we used to have those movies were my introduction to Elvis. Too. We used to my have Elvis movie marathons on Sunday mornings. Yes, yeah. same here. Yeah, my family when I was a little kid. And yeah, my dad actually sang like Elvis. He. He he would do he would do like a Elvis cover songs he would cover Elvis's songs all the time and sounded to one point when I was a kid I think I've told this story before where I was like is my dad Elvis <laughs> and he's hiding out because <laughs> he kind of looked like him too so that anyway sorry <laughs> no but the Beatles also because you know yes um I love the Beatles and I uh I would play all their songs and all their 45s around the house all the time but I think I actually knew their songs before I knew who Elvis was but um cool. Elvis and the Beatles and the uh, the Four Tops and the I always loved the Supremes and the Shirelles mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and the 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 Wall of Sound TK talks about all the time yep with yes. with uh the man in jail yes hey, I mean <laughs> yeah. you know all that stuff was really really I mean, I played all those old '60s 45s that my mom. My mom got me into those. For, for, uh, my father is the one who got me into the, the Motown stuff, but my mom listened to all the old artists like Connie Francis and Dion, and she got me into all that '60s stuff. The '60s um, stuff, and I make her now sing sometimes. So we just did. Oh yeah, she did one with you recently. We just right? did one, the Connie Francis song, but that was a. Uh, I think that was another Skolnicki thing. He wrote that. He left that up on the website. Yeah. Yeah, that that was on the show recently, right? That was for um that was for Hornaday. Anne. It was Anne, yeah. And the, mm. I found that uh funny because we all know that Tony, you know, remember when the infamous line, I'm not familiar with Brad Weiss. He said, "Yep." He said, "I didn't know <laughs> Joe's mom sang." And I was, you were I on the that. show once with one other jingle because I believe It wasn't even yes. Right? It, it wasn't, wasn't that long ago. Well, wasn't a year ago, I don't think. Yeah. Was... So I, I remember that because. I'm going to start sending in some jingles before I'm going to get the Jason who? Yes. <laughs> I, I remember that, Joe, create, because yeah. you and I are the only ones that have had song done jingles with our moms. And so when right. he said, I don't, I didn't mm-hmm. know Joe's mom sings, I was screaming, yes, she does. You've heard a jingle of hers. <laughs> I was hoping Gene McManus would correct him because. They have, you know, Gene had such a nice reaction to the All in the Family one that we did. I think it was last year. It might have been late yeah. 2015. I'm not sure. That was, that was one, that's a, that's one of my like all time great ones because she did such a great, incredible job with the vocal in that. It was perfect. But I guess it's not something somebody would have it was a Redskins song. So, I mean, you know, he, he watches the skins and he boils his eggs while the games are on, but I don't think he's a really big fan like he is with the Nats. No. No, I don't I, think so. I agree. 
So we've talked about that a little bit with Sean um, when he was on about the the caps. Um, are you? What do you feel about the caps? Are you a, are you a big caps fan? I'm not a big fan. Um, I don't okay. really watch any regular season games. I'm not a hockey fan at all. Really, I, I watch the playoffs because they're really exciting. You, you mostly see like they're constant overtime games in the playoffs, and you can't turn mm-hmm. them off. I mean, I'm a sports fan, so I'm going to watch, but I'm not like uh, hockey doesn't really move. It doesn't move the needle for me. Not so. Not until the playoffs, at least. As an O's fan, are the fans over the debacle of not pitching their best closer in the playoffs? I, th- I think so. I think they are. Um, I don't think anybody you- wants to hate. I don't think anybody wants to hate Buck because right. since he arrived on the scene, you know it's mostly his doing that we've become respectable again because we were terrible from 98 until 2012 i think it was i think 2012 mm-hmm. was the year that they finally made the playoffs after i think it was i i'm not doing the math in my head but 98 to 2012 i think that's and, and 30 years <laughs> yeah gary math and Sorry. that was the f- like when he came I, and nobody can be mad on that. I'm not mad. I wasn't mad at him then. I was thinking, let's mm-hmm. just get through one more inning and then bring him in. Let's just get, let's just keep him. I was actually on his side that night and I watched the entire thing. I was like, all right, let's just get through this. But then they brought in Ubaldo and it totally blew up. And you can't, I guess you can't go out with Ubaldo. He's not your, he's not near your best. I guess you, you want to go out with your best and we didn't. So people were mad, but I think they're over it now. I'm over it. Yeah, I, I think it's time to time, time to let it's, go it's of that. Yeah, I'm happy we're almost at baseball season because this February. I think you said you hated February in one of your podcasts, KJ. Well, I <laughs> yes, said KJ that is on record of all the, the months hated. that might be my least favorite. I don't know that I use the word hate. I saved that for watermelon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, okay. I hate February. I'm not a big fan. I'm. I mean, Valentine's Day. Okay. I mean, Valentine's Day's Dang. nice. But all right, uh, March is better because of the basketball tournament. But February mm-hmm. and March are my least favorite. It's my least favorite time, really. Oh, in the on March the calendar, is the best month ever. Come on, I know. I remember. I, I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah. I get more excited right around May, early April, early April for opening day. But for weather in Minnesota, mm. it's it's May. Then I can hit the links. Right. Oh yeah. So that I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. So, speaking of Minnesota, are the Twins, are they um, expected to do anything this year? Uh, They're not expected to do as poorly as last year, but... (laughs) I actually thought they were talented last year in the very beginning. I thought they were, when we played them, I thought this team's going to be good. Yeah, and And I I don't know what happened. Did they finish last in the American League? Well, I don't know about the American League. It was between them and the Braves. But they're do- yeah. Well, I have yeah. to start studying because we're we're going to have TK fantasy baseball this year. If you didn't know already, oh, Ooh. Elliot Olshansky is in charge, and we're going to have two leagues of twelve. But I think they're filled. I know you guys probably don't care, but he uh, he just <laughs> I, yeah. I, I played <laughs> fantasy baseball once in one year, and I was like, this is like every day. This is drive. Oh I, yeah, that would yeah, be yeah, hard. Yeah. All power to people who can do that. Well, I I, I do play one one league every year. Um. A highly competitive ten team league here locally, but this will be the first time I've ever done 
anything like national with TK people or anything, but it ought to be fun, yeah. I think. By the way, speaking of fantasy teams, we need to yes. officially congratulate you uh, as yes. being the winner of fantasy football, Raju's Rejects Fantasy Football um, yeah. Championship, the I world guess. champ. Yeah. Yes, we're still speaking a, with the champ. Still waiting for my prize. Yeah, what's well, up with that? Gonna, you can wait until get something June. out of the closet or something. <laughs> and since Gary was in the league, I mean, we had a celebrity. He could have got me something out of the closet. Yeah, well, well you, the, we will definitely have a trophy award ceremony in June at Jingle Fest. At some point in that weekend, we will have. I will. I will bring the trophy with me. Yeah, I think it's Jason's duty to, as champion last yes. year, to hand it off to you. Oh yes, I will pass it along. Oh okay, and we will have a better handshake than Roger Goodell and Tom Brady <laughs> uh, for sure. <laughs> so, Joe, is there anything else with the jingles or anything like that? Any ones that you think would you would say you are your favorites, um, either yours or some from other people or anything like that? Geez, funny that you asked me that. There's like <laughs> five or <laughs> there's five or six that come right to mind. Um, cool. I think my favorite jingle was Dylan Reese. Is that how you say his last name? Reese Dylan? R-I-S. It's Dylan. Or Riss. Better, I think so. Yeah, Reese or Riss. I'm not yeah. sure. Better than Beck. I think that's oh, my... Oh, yeah. I yeah. tried to great. sing that. I tried to do it last year because... Oh, you did a good job, oh, man. Oh, I was like way off, way off. But that's my... I think me and Steve jumped in with on the chorus with you. Yeah, you guys helped out. And yeah. Better than me, but I was... That's my favorite, but... Um, that's that a great That was one. really um, good. Brad... That has the, the, the famous line... Yeah, you can keep getting better without being good, yep. which is you know, one of the best good. all time. Yeah, yeah. perfect, <laughs> perfectly delivered too by him. Yes, and I always love the Brad and Dolbardo song. I still listen to it all the time just to laugh. Um, <laughs> think they're gonna chop off my head. Yeah. Remember that one? Yes, I do. I love, I love that one. To going out of my head. That that just cracks me up every time. Uh, Brad and, will be um, very pleased to hear that. I think I've told. Yes. I think I've told him before. But uh, and uh, Jerry had a song about rg3 way back in the beginning and i think this was before i ever did one it was um i just tuned in just tuned in to see the condition oh, yes. robert griffin yeah. was robert in. griffin was in yep i remember that Yeah, one. that was a great and, one and um the, the seats of chris saliza high on my list also and i think that was you oh, right? oh well thanks yeah that, was, <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, some guy some idiot yeah thanks. these are these are good choices joe the the song loyal when that when you sang that that was like the ultimate KJ song in my mind so that was yeah, one that, that one. wrote itself that was just one that you what we talked about earlier just kind of kind of came and it probably I had it written in ten fifteen minutes that was mm-hmm. still yes. one of my favorites I've done you did it live yeah. did you do it live last year or the year before both I know you did it did it both, both. okay yeah I'm sure I it'll be done again this year I remember hearing yeah, it. if you don't do it. I'm going to do my cover version of it with my guitar. Yeah, which was If you don't great. do your version of it, because I love that one. That That's one of my favorite ones, too. And speaking of, you know, when you were talking about it, it's one instantly. The Seats of Chris Elizabeth was one of those where within an hour, I had it completely, after the show was over, it was like, it, it basically wrote <laughs> yeah. itself. I just so. love that song anyway, but then to hear you do that with the, the Springsteen, that was just great. That was a fun one. Um, Faraday Cage, speaking of Springsteen. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, a um, recent one from John. John. Oh, that... Right away when that when when I heard, I listened to that like seven times in a row that day when when the, when he put that on the website because that's I awesome loved that song and I loved that album the river and I just love I love every yep. song in that album and then he puts out Faraday it was so funny and mm-hmm. and one more I want to mention is is um Jack Wright 
Why Are You Scared, Tony? You guys listen to that anytime recently? Because oh, that's a yeah. classic. Yeah. That's the one to the Toy Story. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. He's doing Randy Newman. Yeah. Yep. And he does a great job with that. Yeah. So those are, those are some of my favorites that I was thinking of. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for I sharing. I had to jot down. No problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in one another one. You mentioned it before, and I think Sean actually mentioned it a few weeks ago. That the trash one that you did is one of, is one of my all time. That's when I think of you know one of my favorite jingles. That that one always comes to my mind. Too. And, what, so and, it, and if it was ever to one. be redone, it would have to be redone without those backup those backing vocals that I had to use that time because I didn't I didn't find the instrumental track. Oh, see now see, here, that's something though, I don't even. I didn't remember. even notice yeah. it. I didn't. No. I don't even. That's not even my memory. No. I remember yeah. the. It, he's a big dog. He might bite me. It's my favorite. One of my favorite all-time <laughs> delivery of lines in any of these jingles. So that makes me laugh every single That's time. It's funny. I thought Just thinking about it. I really thought laugh. that was a dumb line. So I'm glad to hear somebody say that. Well, <laughs> I think I most of. I really think most of my lyrics are dumb. I remember uh, we did, and uh, Anita she came to KJ with the idea. I think we did the, the trio with. Well, we sang it, and Anita wrote some of it, and I wrote some of it, and you wrote some of it. Girl the, Crush, uh, girl, the Girl yeah. Crush song. Yeah, I, I had. Oh, that's a great I, one too. I, I think I had like a looking at what you guys did with that, like my stuff. I was like, I just wanted to ball it up and throw it away because whatever you guys did to it made it really good. I think I had like one line or two lines in the song that I that I wrote that was decent, but the rest of the stuff that I wrote was terrible. Listening to what you guys had. Well, that's how I feel about jingle writing too. Like I want to just rip it up, start over um, for most of it. Oh yeah, I'm, I've been there most most of mine too. I just feel this. What am I doing? Yeah, that's that's too dumb, or that's I, not. I'm like people. I'm, I put or I put post stuff or gets on the show, and people are like this is great. I'm like, I, I'm I'm glad somebody thinks so because I look at this sometimes. I'm like, yeah, man, my stuff is nothing compared to what other people write. So, I think you know, I yeah, think we're all there. That. Yep. And Joe, my favorite when I when I think of Joe Arrow Jingle, uh, the first one that always goes right up to my. Number one is Rocket Man, the, you know the original Rocket Man mailbag, the original, yeah, yeah. and they're all great. And you just sing that song so well, and it's just that's the one for me. I love I love doing that one too. That was like one of the best reactions in the studio too for me. Yeah, yes. Yep. David Aldridge, that was the thing. Dave cracking up at that song. That yeah, was, when you can get David, yes. in, that's that's yeah. that's awesome. Hey, what's up? Good, good. This is just a quick break to say thanks for listening. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Today's show is brought to you by Electricity. Electricity. Whether it's in your building, your home, your car, or your phone, electricity makes it all possible. Electricity. And now, back to the show with more top five albums. For the last several weeks, um, we've gone through and named some of our choices for our top five albums of all time. All time. All time. So we started it, I think, when we had Sean Morrissey on. What was that, a few weeks ago now? Three or four weeks ago? Uh, yeah, probably close to a month now. Yeah, yeah. And, and others have, you know, since then sent theirs in. And, and last week, John Nicewinger mm-hmm. came on and shared with his with us. So, and you know, through that process, I think we've gotten some really good album recommendations. Absolutely. So, Joe, we're going to do the same thing here today. Uh, you have the floor. If you would, would you share with us your top five albums of all time? 
Ooh, that's that's hard, but I can I, I know. Can name a few. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult. It's very, well, very uh, hard. Number one, number one's easy for me because this my all time favorite song, and I think I've said it since the early eighties, even though it was released in seventy seven. My all time favorite song is Scenes from an Italian restaurant. So The Stranger cool. is my number one all time all time album to listen to, Billy Joel. Obviously oh uh, yeah, Billy Joel. Sorry. What were you gonna say, Jason? Yeah, we're going to say <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> you know, I should have an Elton John. I'm Elton, joking. I should have an Elton John on here because I, <laughs> I sing so many Elton John songs, but I don't have one that I've listened to all the way through and just had to have on the list. But no. Yeah, I think I'm the same way with Elton John. I love a lot of his songs, but I don't know if I've ever actually owned one of his albums. I mean, I have the CDs. I just haven't listened to them all the way through. And I love all the songs all through the years. Yeah, mm-hmm. 70s and 80s Elton John, and even some of the 90s stuff, but I've never never had that one album that I just my, had to listen to. My all-time yeah, yeah, I, John, or John, my, I was going to say John Elton, my all-time <laughs> Elton John song Dwight Reginald. Is, Reginald is Tiny Dancer. Yep, and I sing that a lot in karaoke. It's one of the, my favorite songs to sing. There's a bartender where I do karaoke now on Friday nights who... When she works, which isn't every week, but she'll always make me sing that with her. It's like a duet cool. that we do. We'll go one word, we'll go one verse for one verse, and that's it. That's a fun song to sing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. That song now, of course, reminds me of "Airplanes Have Such Tiny Bathrooms." Yeah. So Brad's <laughs> done that. I think it was Brad. Have you done that jingle, yep. Joe? No, to that song. Yeah. No, 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 no. I've not done "Tiny Dancer." So I've done it, and Brad's was... done it. Yeah, but that Billy Joel album, great. I. Obviously, I'm kidding. That's that's a great album. I can listen to I can listen to it anytime and just listen to it all the way through. And another album like that is you mentioned it on one of the shows that you did recently. When I first heard Van Halen one, every yes. single song, every single song, yes, um, that's that's right on the list in the top five for me. And I agree. Um, the Elvis in concert that I talked about before has to be on the list because it's like the first time I actually bought an album and it was a two album not a greatest hits i didn't, I didn't include a greatest hits <laughs> you know <laughs> that would like, be okay it's a concert I, i'm glad to, i know you wouldn't you're a very upstanding man i i, I appreciate that but uh, yeah the elvis in concert two record set is not is on the list too now is that jumpsuit era yep, elvis yep, yep. like white it's like really Hawaii? it's really oh. big fat jumpsuit era elvis but you know the thing mm-hmm. about elvis is he could have been high on all kinds of drugs than when he was singing live, but you never knew it, at least when he was hitting the high notes, because he never missed them. Yeah. Never missed them. He He might have forgot some words, but he had the voice always. Yeah. Yeah. I was was, always amazed. He was was really, really talented. More talented than he actually got credit for over the years. Yes. And it's almost like people have gone back and retroactively said, oh, because he was white and he took, you know, music from African-Americans did that, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, some of that cultural appropriation obviously happened in the 50s and 60s because that's the way things were back then. But regardless of that, he was incredibly talented and deserves the accolades that he got just for the voice and the screen presence when he I mean, obviously, we've talked about he's not the greatest actor, but on the screen, he was a presence. I mean, he was a good looking dude and, you know, uh, had that. The, the charm and the, the star power from, you know, the moment you saw him, you're like, well, that, that guy's a star. I always think of the Eddie Murphy line, just sing on the dialogue. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, 
did you see <laughs> did you see the picture i actually saw it get tweeted uh recently uh from like the sun studios in memphis um it was elvis and carl perkins and Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash standing around a piano, like writing a song together. Well, I'm watching from that like the fifties. Wa- I'm watching that TV show. It just started. It's that's called, awesome. It's called Sun Records. It's on. Um, I think there's been two episodes aired so far. I'm surprised we haven't heard anybody on the radio talking about it, but it's really good. What what uh, network? Uh, um, yeah, what network? I, I I really I'm at a loss. I don't know. If I could check, is that like WGN or something like that? It's like it's like one of these like not like um, it's it's not. I've, I've seen an advertisement for that. It wasn't something I was expecting when they said the name of the network. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I haven't even I, heard, I never heard of this. Sun I set the I set the DVR and I and I and I watched the first one and I have the second one ready to go, but I don't remember yep. what station. I just looked it up and I and I set it to record. But it was really good. The first one was really good. It, and it just deals with like all of the people. It, it deals with uh, Sam Phillips, who's who's the guy that that owned the yes. the company and all the people that he was bringing in to sing. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. the first one, oh, if you're a music fan, you you got to watch it. It was really good. It looks like it's going to be cool. a good series. Joe, did you ever see um, a TV show? It was probably 10, 15 years ago now, and they canceled it after maybe two or three seasons called American Dreams. No, never, never. I don't remember hearing. I've it. never heard of I that. I love that show, and it was set in Philly at the time of Dick Clark's Bandstand show that was taped in Philly. Right. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah. Now that you said it, and that. Um, yeah. so it dealt a lot with the music, obviously, but it also dealt with the the times, uh, what was happening in Philly at the time, segregation, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was, it was really good, and I was so bummed that they canceled it. And if anybody's heard of it, let me know, because uh, I actually own the DVD box set of that. Oh, Maybe oh, wow. two or three seasons when DVD wow. box sets were a big deal yeah, of seasons. Yeah. I do have a couple of Dawson's Creeks, line, too. Yeah. So Dawson's Creek. So maybe I could send that over to Saliza. Saliza. Yeah. 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 Well, he's he's probably got them all on Blu-ray. He probably does. Or, They're know, probably all signed. <laughs> yes. God, you just made me... Sun, Re- Sun Records, though, that I, I looked it up. It's on CMT. CMT, oh, okay. okay. Which I think used to stand, stand for a country music television, but now it's just CMT. Well, oh. because they don't really play videos anymore. Right. They, uh-huh. just, play, uh, they just play shows, really. So it's a yeah. lot, a lot it's like, like MTV. MTV is... Not, yeah, it, they never say music television anymore like they did in the 80s when I was growing no. up. It's just MTV now. Yep. But that, that you talk about Sun Records and, you know, the, 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 the talking about the origins of the studio, it reminds me of that scene in Walk the Line uh, with, jo- with Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Cash movie, where he's first in the studio there and... The guy says, "No, play what you know." I can't remember exactly what I'm paraphrasing. He basically says, "Play what what you would play if this is you know you got one shot to play the song." And he he busts out. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the song he played, but it was like that moment in that mm-hmm. movie. They captured the I'm writing a song and I'm playing it. This is from me and this is who I am. And that create that creativity came through um in that scene and i always thought that's like one of my favorite scenes of the movie so that reminds me of that so i definitely need to check out that sun records tv show yeah, are well, you talking you like about that, oh go ahead Jim. you like that you like that movie you'll definitely like this show that was a great movie and this awesome are you talking about when he said you're talking about when he asked johnny to play something or are you talking about when he asked young yes. elvis he asked johnny okay yeah and and walk the line it's in it's in the it's in the very first part of the movie i remember when, the scene the but i can't remember uh-huh. the song either I can't either, but it's, I mean, it's obviously a famous Johnny Cash song. And then, um, he's, 
he's playing like these gospel like hymns yeah, that he's yeah. like recording and he's like got studio time and he's got the guy to um, to record for him i mean to to record him and then he's and the guy stops him and he cuts him off and he's just like no no this isn't working you know if you had one song that you had to play what would it be and then uh joaquin phoenix is johnny cash i can't i wish i could remember what he busted into but it's like that moment is it's like that moment is creativity to me. That is musical as a musician. That that moment really hits me. So that's I need. I definitely need to watch the show. Then that's cool. Uh, I also own that movie on DVD. Nice, great movie. So I also need to check out this Sun Records. Um, cool. Now before you go on to your number four, Joe, can we go back to Van Halen one? What songs are on that album? We can always go back to Van Halen one. Yep. Um, well, my favorite song on Van Halen 1 was always, and I don't even think they wrote it. I think Ice Cream Man was my favorite song growing up. Oh, yes. I don't okay. think, I yes. think that's, I think that's a cover. I think somebody else did that and it's an old song, but. I think it's an old blues song. Yeah, an old blues song, but the the way that Dave does it and. Uh, yes. Oh my God. That, I don't think I know right? that song. You don't know Ice oh, Cream it's, Man. Oh, it's, it's, it's the one that starts out acoustic for like the first uh, Dedicate couple of verses one to the and ladies. the whole band. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Maybe if anyway, I heard that's... it, I'd, I'd know it. Okay. So... I... It's great. It's a uh, John Brim is the writer of that, according to uh, the internet. I... Um, but yeah, that that album starts off with Running With The Devil, mm-hmm. which is the tra- is like the train sound coming. Yep. And Running With The Devil, that beat kicks in. Jamie's, and then... Jamie's crying, another one on the album. Um, um Yes. Definitely. That's that's the first first song on side two. The one the song that I first heard was the second song on this album was when I went. I'm going to play guitar and I'm going to play so guitar. You're talking like about that. eruption. Yes. Oh, okay. I now remember I knew exactly. That one. I mean, we, we've talked about this yes. before. I remember exactly the moment. I, it's still I could close my eyes and picture the exact what what the clothes that I was wearing and everything when I first heard that. So that you were in and then kicks into. Yeah, let's not get into that. But I am um, right though. Am I? <laughs> It's, yes, you, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get into that again. I wasn't going to do um, anything terrible. I was just going to say, I think I remember. Good. Yeah, all right. You know, go ahead. Uh, uh, one, the, uh, one thing that I wish I had still, I met Eddie, and I was... Wow. Um, my, I worked at a radio station in the 90s, in the mid and late 90s, and um, I um, was just in the research department. We We got tickets all the time to go to the concerts mm-hmm. and Rob Heckman who was the the uh, music director he uh he's from Philadelphia and he's he was going he had tickets to the show it was Van Halen 3 i mean you know but you take what yeah. you get it was it was the yeah. uh the third version and it was Gary Sharon, Gary Sharon from Extreme yeah but, long vocals. but we had backstage passes and i was like oh man i That's i, cool. I buckled up i didn't even know what to say and uh but we had our pictures taken with them we're standing right there with eddie eddie on one side and his brother on the other side and i and i wish i could find that picture is gone i don't know where it is i wish i could find that picture oh that's an incredible moment it it is it is and i and i was so careless with things back then and i don't i have no idea where it is i know i still have it here somewhere in my i've seen them live i've seen them live a couple of times and eddie just even in the, I saw him once in the early nineties and once in the late nineties and still, I mean, I was like 10th row pretty close where you could, I could see what he was, I could see his fingers on the fretboard mm-hmm. still killing it. Okay. Well, here's, Incredible here's a question. Here's a question. I've seen all mm-hmm. three versions. Which, mm-hmm. which incarnation is your favorite? Oh, David Lee Roth for sure. All right. Even though I've never seen him live. I, I've seen all three, but Dave is the showman. He's the master. Yes. But 
Yes. As far as the vocals, I I can't. Hagar's a better vocalist. Ha- yes. Sammy can sing anything. I love seeing yes. Sammy singing. And he can sing and all the Sammy's a good guitar player. Yes, he is. He, Sammy's a really good guitar underrated. player. I mean, he's yeah. not Van Halen, but he's very, very underrated on guitar. I mean, did all the guitar stuff in his, on when he was, you know, considered the red rocker, when he was doing solo stuff before Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like a lot of the songs from like 5150 and um, what's after that? OU812 mm-hmm. and then something else. And for, un- for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Oh, yeah. When that was with Right Now and um, yep. what else was on that one? Can't Some Stop Loving You and... Uh, Yes. Or was that one? Was that after that? Wait a minute. That was. Uh, I think that might have been after that. Yeah. Four unlawful. Con- I was pound cake for unlawful. Yeah, con- that's it. Yeah. And, but you just can't. You can't compete with the original. That Van Halen one is incredible. An incredible album. Van Halen two, very good too. Then you get the Fair Warning and Women and Children First, which I love. Fair Warning. That's that's that may be my favorite. I've heard Van a lot Halen of people album. say Fair Warning is their favorite Van Halen album. And God, just right some there. of the stuff he's doing on there is awesome. Yeah. Who's playing right unfair on, on that one? That's David Lee Roth singing. Okay. So David Lee Roth and then Hagar, right? Yep. Yes. Hagar took over in 85 or 86 whenever 5150 came out. Yep. Okay. And then the guy from Extreme was like early 90s. And honestly, by that time when Van Halen 3 came out, I was like, oh. I think it was more, <laughs> I think Sharon took over in like 97 with Van Halen yep, 3. sounds right. Because 95, I remember going to see... The last Sammy tour, um, mm-hmm. with the album with uh, was it? It was "Can't Stop Loving You" was on the album, and it was "Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do." And yep. um, I, why I, I can't balance balance? It was the balance tour. Yes, that was. I don't even think I ever owned that one. That was the last Sammy tour, and then mm-hmm. and then it was Gary. And but they did a greatest hits album after that. And and yep. word is that Sammy was mad. He wanted to do a studio album, and they decided to do a. Best of instead, and that's what led yes. to the breakup. Well, that's what I read. That's also what I heard. Yeah. KJ, you should go listen to Van Halen one though, all the way through. I'll put it Every on the song. list. Every song, Little Dreamer. Mm. Yeah, Ice Cream uh, Man. It's got yeah. You really got me. Uh, is the cover of the Kinks? Okay, yeah, um, I know song. that song. And then. A song that I covered in practically every band I was ever in in the 80s and 90s, Ain't Talking About Love, yep. <laughs> which is really good. And then, you know, Feel Your Love Tonight, On Fire, every, everything on that album I love. But, it's, but like, you know, like Joe said, Ice Cream and, and Eruption and You Really Got Me are probably the, the top. All right, I'm adding it to the list. See, this is, this is why uh, I'm loving these recommendations. That was a good call to go back to that one. Yeah. I could talk about Van Halen all day, though. <laughs> All right, Joe, what's next on your list? Well, um, as far as like just musically, there's way too many to mention, but I had to have Rush on the list. Moving Pictures is definitely mm. definitely in the you top. You picked the right one. Definitely in the top five because I, yes. I always like to sing Limelight and I always like to sing Tom Sawyer. And yep. that whole album is also just yep. perfect. Well, I'll have to like. add that to the list. Because I don't, I'm not familiar with Rush circa, that much. Circa, circa 1981, I believe. Okay. Yep, 81. Um, that one, I saw them. What was it? Three or four years ago, maybe five years ago. Um, they came through here and they played that entire album from beginning to end. Like, and then they played like another hour or two after that. Um, and that was that was something to see live. Now haven't the they ha, now haven't they announced their retirement? Didn't they recently to say? Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't they recently say they weren't touring anymore? I thought I heard that. I don't know. I might be wrong. Somebody did. I think it was. I think it was Rush. They said they were no longer going that's, touring. 
that's entirely possible because they they've been doing it forever. I mean, and they were they were killing it. I mean, you know, what was it? Like I said, three or four years ago. That's the last time I saw them. Right. They were great. Mm-hmm. And I saw them in the early '90s too, and they they were they were just as good in the you know in 2013 as they were in you know 1992. I think the word describe that describes them as a band is tight. They've always they were yes. so tight together. Yeah, you cannot get away with playing YYZ live without it being tight. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I was going to ask what you th- what do you think their most popular mainstream song was? Either Limelight or Tom Sawyer. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, or Spirit of the Radio, maybe, but not really. Maybe um, Closer to the Heart might be on the list. Uh, possible, yeah. If you had to compare them to a mainstream band that I might know, what kind of style of music do they play? Jeez. They're more progressive. They're a trio. I mean, Getty Lee is the bass player and singer, but he also plays keyboards with pedals on his... Like, if he's going to play the keyboard, he plays the bass with foot pedals. And he can wail. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I know He's there's got an incredibly been, high voice. Uh, you probably have done one, Joe. There's there's been some Rush jingles, and every time I hear them, I think these sound pretty cool. But I'm not familiar with the, you know, the original artist. I think the last one I did was Closer to the Heart, but it was called Closer to the Start in the summer of 2015 when they were getting ready to. Mm-hmm. It was like weeks leading up to the beginning oh, of the uh-huh. show happening. Yep. You've done Limelight too, right? Yeah, well, that was way long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. I've heard that one for sure. Yeah, that was a basic mailbag song. One of the one of the few uh mm-hmm. one of the beginning mailbag tunes. I I don't remember the words anymore. <laughs> I haven't listened to that one in so long. Yeah. They're Rush is Rush is progressive, so I mean they they do a lot of um intricate stuff. Like YYZ has a lot of like odd times and stuff and a lot of different weird stuff that you uh, the cool thing is they make it sound pretty natural. So Yeah, off of uh off of moving pictures too. The song, mm-hmm. the song uh, "Red Barchetta." Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's great too. Another song that just you got to listen to all the way through. Yes. All right, I'm putting them uh, down. I, w- I, so, wor- I worked at a uh, Sam Goody in the '90s, uh-huh. early in the '90s, part time when I was like 22, and um, there were two. There were it was '93, I think it was '93, and there were two albums that we played that year, '93. I think it was 93 Mm -hmm. that we played because, you know, when you're working in a record store, they play, they play this, they just play the entire album for people to buy Uh two of the albums that we played nonstop in the store. And they, they just became favorites of mine and they're pretty well known, but uh, counting crows, August and everything after. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible album. And then Cheryl Crow, the first Cheryl, the first Cheryl Crow album, (laughs) Yes. I love Cheryl Crow, man. Tuesday Night Music that Club. That is a good album. Which one is that? That is a good album. The first, the very first one with All I Want to Do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. And um, she has a lot of songs on there that were not radio, so- that were not radio friendly that are good. Um, yes. That, that, that first album, I mean, every song is good. I'm KJ, that seems to me seems to me to be right up your alley yeah i like cheryl crow and i owned her i think i owned her second album that Um, was also good the one where she covered was it a cat stevens song that she covered probably wait a minute maybe not the first album go ahead jason the first album uh is very like blues kind of rockish 
I could be wrong I about Cat Stevens. The second album, I remember um, she did uh, A Change. A Change, yeah. She did that one, and she A did, Change Will Do You Good. Change Will Do You Good, yeah. And um, I Hitched a Ride from a Vending Machine Repairman. What what song was that? What was that called? Every Day's a Wine. Every Day's oh, a Wine. Yeah, Very, yeah, good. Yeah. Very good. Very uh, good. And then okay. uh, there is a song on that second album called Hard to Make a Stand. Nobody ever, nobody yep. knows that song, but that's a great song, too. That's a good song. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so she did If It Makes You Happy, too, on that second album. Yep. Yeah, the, the yep. second album, you're you're making me making me think I picked the wrong one, but no, the first no no the, no the first one is great. The second, the one's second really one is good. full of hits, and there are a lot of good songs. The first one, the vibe of that first album yep. is really cool. Yeah, because um, it's got Leaving Las Vegas, Strong Enough, mm-hmm. um, All I Want to Do, which I shall believe. I shall believe is one that always yes. hit me. Yep, I like. I mean, I like Run Baby Run, the first song on the album Run. that. I was born, I that in, album. <laughs> born in December 1963, the day Aldous Huxley, Huxley died. I remember the first, that was that song, right? Yes. Born in December. I can hear it, but I just, uh, yeah, that one. That one's a great song, too. So, yeah, and she wrote, she was a primary songwriter on, on all those yep. on the first She's album. She's a former high school music teacher, I think. Yeah, she sang backup for Michael Jackson. Okay. I did not I, know that. I found it. The, the one that I owned was called Wildflower. That's later on. That's, 2005. Uh, and, yeah, that's much And the one that I later. said was a Cat Stevens cover, I think that's incorrect. Who sang The First Cut is the Deepest? Rod Stewart. Well, yeah, he did the first Rod. Rod did, Stewart did it, and it's been like four versions of that song. Mm-hmm. Is that a Rod Stewart? Um, uh, did Rod Stewart cover it, cover it too? I, he He's the original as far as I know because he did it late 60s, early 70s, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my gosh. I, Boom. Wait for it. Okay. Cat Stevens. What? what? Really? First Cut as the Deepest is a 1967 song written by Cat. Boom! F. Nice. Stevens. Glad I didn't have a trivia question on that one. I look like a fool. Yusuf F. Eslam. Is that what you need to say? <laughs> and then, yes, Rod Stewart did a version in 1976. Um, yes, okay. And then Cheryl Crow in uh, With- 2003. Nice. Um, um, wait, time out. You're missing one. There was a... Uh, do you remember Duffy? Yes. Female Rock artist? Fairy. Yes, Rock Fairy was the name of the album. She had a version of it also. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of people did that song. I do yeah. remember Duffy, but I don't remember her version. Cat Stevens got some money. Yeah. <laughs> from that one. Yeah. Uh, I looked up Cheryl Crow to make sure that I wasn't going losing my mind. She toured with Michael Jackson as a backup vocalist during the Bad World Tour. Yeah, you know what? Ooh. She was actually in. I think she was actually in her 30s when that first album came out. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she she had been around for a while. Yeah, and she did. And KJ will appreciate this because we texted about this the other day. She did a song on the Point Break soundtrack. <laughs> Love that movie. We talked about. She asked me about that movie. Like was like less than a week ago. Yeah, it was this past weekend. I was saying that HBO just was came showing out of nowhere. Point Break. And yes. I asked him if I should watch it because, and then he wanted to know which point break it was. And I said, oh, it's yes. like it's last be year. Because that makes a big difference. It's gotta be the original. I didn't, I yes, didn't see it. The new one it. is terrible. And I told him it was the one, the new one. He said, run away from it. <laughs> so I <laughs> <Yes>. did. <laughs> I ran away from it. So you're saying that she had a song on the original. That's what it says on the, on the soundtrack. And it's, it was before her, big album. before her first album came yeah. out. Yeah. Before the debut. 
Yeah, she's really oh. good. She's one of the <laughs> wait, wait, underrated. Wait. Here's one that you may remember if you were, you know, watching TV in the 1990s. Um, remember the show Cop Rock? Yep. That was in and she out. Sang, she sang on that show. Cop Rock? What was that about? Which is one of the most, like, weird show. Infamous, infamous, like, terrible ideas. It was on for, like, two episodes and then they canceled it. It was a cop drama show. And like, they you know, just, they had, like, Hill Street Blues. They would just and they bust would bust out, out into musicals. Bust out singing. Yes. And not like, <laughs> not like. <laughs> But like dance numbers, like it was in like in Chicago, the musical, it was and they would be like jumping over desks and like doing like choreographed spins and like looking into the. It was very like self-serious. It was terrible. Wasn't it like eight, eight episodes and done? Yeah, they laughed. I mean, people laughed it off the the air. It was uh, just ridiculed from day one. I either never watched it or I put it out of my head. Yeah, it's it's very it's very like well known and like for being one of the worst conceived ideas to ever actually make it to air in the history of television right behind listen up (laughs) (laughs) perfect timing actually i heard that that show wasn't too bad i never ever ever watched an episode of it and i like jason alexander yeah uh, Yeah. and i liked you know um uh malcolm jamal warner i mean Mm -hmm. i don't have anything against him he was in that you would think yeah he was wilbon oh (laughs) wasn't he I'm pretty sure. Now let's go to the internet again. Let's see. <laughs> this is something we rarely do on our podcast. Is look, is look stuff, stuff up, yeah. Well, Gary does it yeah. in studio. Yes, yeah. he does. Malcolm Jamal Warner was Bernie Widmer, which is Wilbon. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh-huh. I bet you, you there are some shows out on YouTube if you could, if you wanted to watch it. Oh yeah. I didn't realize they made a whole season of this thing. It's 22 episodes. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think I saw one or two episodes. Jason Alexander played Tony. Mm -hmm. And Malcolm Jamal Warner, I guess, as you've already said, played Wilbon. The premiere got 11.8 million viewers, which you would think nowadays, if something got 12 million viewers, it would be like, yeah, this is going to be on for a while. Must have followed something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I guess it says something that I was really into PTI and I still had zero interest in ever watching this show. Maybe. Joe, did we get to your, are there any more on your list? I think I gave you five, but I I have just a couple more that I jotted down that I love to listen to. Oh yeah. Just not. Keep them coming. There's just a few more. I mean, I've always been a a big Mellencamp fan, so I have to include, um, I have to include Scarecrow as one that I, every song on the album, I have to, that that to me was his biggest, his biggest hit album, but the mm-hmm. early stuff was like really, really commercial, like Hurt So Good and stuff like from the early 80s, but, well, I guess Scarecrow was early 80s too, I guess it was like 85, it was the mid 80s. What's, Scare, what's Scarecrow? Scarecrow was, Is it Small Town? Scarecrow was the anthems of the midwest it was small town it was lonely old night um the authority song rain on the scarecrow rain. is it is he the is it rain on the scarecrow blood on the flowers is that his song blood on the plow yeah rain on the scarecrow yeah, okay blood on the plow. yeah okay those i am familiar with that. r-o-c-k r-o-c-k in the usa yep yeah. that was mm-hmm. on there wait a minute the authority song wasn't on that one sorry that was earlier that was on uh-huh i believe so is this yeah. in the cougar era or no cougar this is john 
I think this is I think no this cougar. This is just John Mellencamp, I think. Uh, yeah. Let me see. But see, uh, there was a time in the middle when it was John Cougar Mellencamp, too, so it might have been that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover right now of Scarecrow. It's Cougar. Yeah, Cougar. John so Cougar. So this was, what, 1985, I'm saying. 85. Yeah. So that makes sense. Because he was John Cougar at first, and then he went John Cougar Mellencamp, and then just, is he now John Mellencamp? Yep. Yeah. No, he's just okay. that, it's been that way for a long time. Another song off there is Rumble Seat. Rumble Seat is a highly underrated tune. And that was always one of my favorites from that from that album. I'm pretty sure I've heard that, yeah. I like John Cougar Mellencamp or John Mellencamp. I think I've seen him more than anybody else. Even more like than live? even more than Billy Joel. And I've seen Billy Joel like six times. I think I've seen Mellencamp eight. Wow. I think I've seen him eight or nine times. And one time one time we were going to see him and he had to postpone because he had a he had a heart attack and he had to cancel. Whoa. In the, I didn't know he had a heart in attack. In the early nineties he had a a mild heart attack, and he canceled his show. We were all bummed out. How how old is he? Well, he's he's around he's around sixty. Got to be around sixty now. You can look that up real fast. He's got to be <laughs> yeah that got to be early sixties. Yeah, he's that's, right around. That'd be my guess. Billy, Billy Joel is like in his upper sixties now, and I think Mellencamp was close behind him. See, I forget it. I forget we're in our forties. Yeah, I, I just I, it just slips on my and because. I, I forget that these guys, you know, 10, 15, 20 years older than me. So they're they're like old as my parents. They're getting up there. Yeah. Well, that one. Yeah, he's 65. Yep. He was born in 1951. I saw him recently, too. Um, he played in D.C. recently. Um, couple, oh, wow. A couple of years ago, he played at, um, what was that? It's a little in- Constitution Hall. Constitution Hall in D.C. Oh, that's a cool place. And um, he did, like, all songs. He didn't do anything anything from his prior days it was whatever album it, whatever album was out at the time it was like really really bluesy he did everything off of that album and nothing else but still it nice. was an experience i don't even remember one song off of that album i just went because i've seen him so many times and i've always liked to go see him that's that's awesome yeah. that's that's kind of the reason i go see people now is that any concerts i go to are like hey i remember them i know they're going to play like a stuff from you know 10, 20, 30 years ago, so that's why I go see them. I may not even have owned or haven't heard the last two things they came out with. Yeah. but um, I just looked it up. Um, I looked up um, Scarecrow uh, just to make sure, I, just to go through and see if anything jumped out at me. And the thing that jumped out at me is that Ry Cooter played guitar, slide guitar on that, on a couple of those songs, which he's one of my all-time favorite slide guitar players. He had a, underrated. He had an album that my dad loved in, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um my dad and, was, and he had it on the vinyl, and I can't think of the name of the album. But uh, Rye Cooter, I remember Rye Cooter. I just can't think of the songs. And I'm sure you would know. That's a great name, uh, Rye Cooter. The the way that I got turned on to him, the reason I know him is because he did all the parts. You remember that movie Crossroads from the '80s with Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio was a guitar player. Vaguely, yeah. Uh, and oh, did, did Britney they, Spears played, redo that one? <laughs> she, yeah, we'll go with that. KJ she did, right? Spears Crosswords. reference. No, it's a different, it's a different movie. movie. Okay, well, yes, <laughs> yeah. Nineteen eighty six film Crossroads. He played. It's basically take on a bunch of Robert Johnson songs. Oh, okay. They kind of turned it into a movie, uh, and he played all the guitar parts that um, all the slide guitar parts in that movie. And Steve Vai played all the rest of the guitar oh. parts in that movie. Sounds like a movie I'd like to see, not the Britney Spears version. Oh no. If you're going to do anything, look up the end of it, 
when Steve Vai and it's basically Steve Vai and Ry Cooter have a guitar duel. I mean, it's Ralph Macchio Whoa. in the movie, but it's actually literally Steve Vai playing in the. He's on the screen in the movie um, as the other guitar player at the end of it. They do like a fifteen minute guitar duel where it's just back and forth, just didn't, insane guitar stuff. Didn't Stevie Vai? Didn't he do the guitar on one David Lee Roth solo albums early on? Oh yeah, like two or three. Yeah, of them. Um, he was on uh, what's. The one where he's hanging off the Statue of Liberty. I think it was like the first Sky one after Scraper. Van Halen. Skyscraper. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He, him and Billy Sheehan, who, you know, yeah. I'm playing in a band right now with, I mean, Steve Vai, one of my favorite guitar players, Ed Van Halen, obviously, probably more than Vi, because Vi is a little bit more technical, a um, little bit more out there in terms of like the weird scales and stuff he uses. And I prefer Van Halen's more blues based craziness mm-hmm. um but i play in a band now with a guy whose favorite bassist is billy sheehan and so we're talking and we're doing all this crazy like back and forth stuff and he can play like billy sheehan and so it's been it's been really cool to get into that that i don't know why i all of a sudden started talking about that but now who did what was the band that billy sheehan was with in the 90s mr big mr big that's it i was thinking with paul gilbert mr. another great big. guitar player to, to be with you to be with you right? yes to be with yeah. you yep. yep and they covered a Song by Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens. Cat Wild Stevens. World. Yes. Wild World. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. That's pretty good. I didn't really uh, know the answer. Glad I, I was just guessing. Glad I brought that up. <laughs> yes. Actually, a pretty decent version of it too. Yeah, they did a good job of it um, for what it was, and they. The cool thing about their albums, I had a couple of their albums where they had like one or two, like in the '90s, you didn't really get on like radio or get famous or get you know, right. given money to make albums without having some like radio friendly, you know, popish hits. So they would do like one or two or three of those per album. And then the other like six or seven songs were these crazy guitar bass solo back and forth yeah. things. And so I would buy their albums and friends of mine were listening to like the three pop hits and I'm skipping those and going to all the insane, you know, guitar <laughs> acrobatic stuff. There's, Cause Paul Gilbert is also incredible. guitar. There player. was another pop hit off of that. That album with "To Be With You," I think it was called "Just Take My Heart." Do you remember that one? Yes. And it sounded because what's his face, Eric? Um, what's what's the singer's name, Eric something? I I, I never... he was he was with another band too. He was in a, he was in another like eighties band. Well, the thing about that song is, if you listen to it really closely, we used to test when I was working at the radio station in, in Baltimore in the nineties. Yeah. We tested these songs on on listeners, and they all thought well, not all of them, but. People would say when we would play that song, like a snippet of that song, Just Take My Heart When You Go by Mr. Big, they thought it was Cher. People thought <laughs> people thought Cher was singing that song. If you listen to it close, you can hear what they're yes. talking about. Absolutely. Now that you say that, it's Eric Martin <laughs> um, is his I name. He was a Mr. I Big. I know that song. Um, just, yeah, that's, that's, just Take My Heart. If you heard heart. it, you would know it. Yeah. If you heard it, I definitely, you, you've definitely heard the chorus. And speaking of which, I've actually seen Mr. Big in concert. They opened up for Cat Rush Steven. in oh, the wow. 90s. I thought you were asking wow. me another question. <laughs> they opened up for Rush in the 90s. Okay. Wow. Oh, it comes full circle. But uh, yeah. Music, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, music is awesome. Very enlightening segment. Now. Absolutely. Jason, do you want to, I know you're dying to ask this question of Joe. Yes. You know what I'm going to ask. I have no idea. Should I ask it? You haven't yet. <laughs> do you, do you, have you heard us talk about the concept or do you know what the concept of it when I say lawnmower albums? 
God, I was one of the ones I was going to listen to today, and I didn't listen to that one, but I saw okay. that lawnmower episode title. No, I have no idea. Okay. Oh, that one, that okay. was the that was a different one. That was way in the beginning. That was about Jason's dad and lawnmowers. Oh, the double lawnmower. Double lawnmower. The double lawnmower plan. Speak, speaking of which, I need to tell you the story. I'm not going to tell it now, but one point where the guy that lives about a mile from my house on this road, he has got an, about an acre of land, and he's got a single solitary metal post that's about three feet high in the middle with about a, you know, maybe like a six inch diameter in the middle of the field. Um, and I'll explain later what that has to do with lawn mowing, okay. but it's interesting. Okay. Um, but <laughs> we'll save that for another time. The lawnmower albums are, when did this come up? When we were talking with Sean I think, or? I think we started with Sean. Yeah. And, and somebody wrote in, I, I listened to this when I, you know, when I mowed the lawn. And so a lawnmower album is something from the eighties or nineties. It has to be on a cassette because it has to be able to, you know, fit, you know, in a, like a Walkman basically mm-hmm. so that you can carry it on the lawnmower. So it's not, or if you're riding on the mower, it's not vibrating, you know, not, CD would be jumping and obviously you're not going to carry an LP or an eight track along with you. Um, and I think KJ, you and I have talked about like when we do out and work, if we're working out in the yard now, we're listening to something. It's basically podcast. Yes. But in the late 80s, early 90s, podcasts didn't exist. So these were albums that I listened to while working out in the yard. So basically, and mainly it was, you know, mowing the yard. So we got lawnmower albums from that. Do you have anything that you listened to, like when you were doing like outside work or something um, that you would say, this is, this? these are maybe one of my go-tos or something that comes to mind? Well, yeah, I, I don't like to really admit the that I was a fan of the, the hairband era, but I really was. I like, I, I think we all were, at least to some extent. I always, we all have listened I, to it. I, I yeah. think when I did stuff like that, I was always listening to White Snake. I would always, yes, no, that's I would what Jason have, said. I am vindicated. I, I, yes. I hate to say this, but the Slide It In album comes directly to mind. <laughs> that's awesome. Wait a minute, what's that, the title see? of the album? <laughs> <laughs> slide it in. Okay. It's called slide it in. Okay. And that yep. and uh, that's the title track, and it also had slow and easy and uh, love yep. ain't no stranger. Yep. Oh, that. David Coverdale and the guys from White Snake are not very um, subtle. No. They like tried to be like Zeppelin and Robert Plant when they were doing lyrics. They were a little more subtle and a little had a little you know deft touch to their innuendo. White Snake just completely abandoned all of that and just went. We're just, we're just gonna basically say what we're doing. Yeah. Yep. And, <laughs> okay. That's a really raucous. It's a really raucous, and I like it better. Yes. I like it better than than the than what was the album with Here I Go Again and Is This Love? I, uh, I, liked it. I think it was like self titled White, White Snake. Snake. Yeah, White Snake. I, I liked it better mm-hmm. than that. That would be the one that I would pick. That's awesome. So, that is uh, White Snake and Hair Bands are perfect lawnmower albums. It was that era. It's that style of music that you need, like when you're that age and you're working outside. Perfect. It sounds like you. One of mine was actually White Snake. It sounds like you needed to. It needed it to pump you up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it really did. Had to be something really. And I mean, you could also you could also like. I mean, I listened to all the Van Halen albums at the same time, doing that kind of stuff too. Like really, same here. Really loud. Yes. The people around listen to it. Listen. So yeah. when Jason first when brought you... up this concept of lawnmower album, I told him, this is foreign to me. I don't know what you're talking about because I never had to mow the lawn growing up. We lived in an apartment complex where someone else did it. And mm-hmm. I never had, I never, I didn't even know what he was talking about. And then people were sending in their lawnmower albums, White Snake, <laughs> Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, um, all of the hair bands. And now, Joe, yeah. you're yes. confirming Bon Jovi's it. probably in there. Yeah. Master of Puppets. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I've never been a big Metallica fan. Um, I know everybody that I grew up with was. I was like the only one that really didn't get into Metallica. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess the Enter Sandman album was the time when I really started to appreciate them, and that was like, like what, the 90s, right? That was like 91? Yeah, that was like 92 or 91, something like that. Yeah, yeah early 90s. but my brothers both were like freaking, they were they were crazy Metallica fans, and they played <laughs> they played all the early stuff for whom the bell tolls and all that, and never, it never hit yes. me, never hit me. It was, it's definitely different from, if it's not, it's not what I like to call melodic music, really. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's certainly not in the melody, like, of the vocals, but um, um, the guitar parts and the bass parts and the drum parts are what I loved about all those anyway, because that's what I kind of grew up in. My taste in music was very much, okay, is it, are the drums, bass, and the guitars, or, and, and or keyboards, are they really, really good? Then I can basically ignore or tolerate anybody singing at that point. Yeah when I was a kid growing up, you know, because all I wanted to do was play music. I didn't really care about singing back then. Metallica was the only heavy metal. I think they are, they're classified as heavy metal, right? I would say so, uh, yeah. They're the only band that I could halfway stand. Um, I'm with you, Joe. They never, they never, I, I never really got into them, but they, I did like their one slow song. What was that they called? A, one? Didn't they have a, like a couple of them during that time? One was like um, slow at the beginning, but then that really got... Slow at the got... beginning. What's the one I'm thinking of? It's uh, Silent of, th- Lucidity. Fade to Black? Th- no, that's Queen's You're thinking of the right. one off Queen's of... Queen's Black, okay. You're thinking of two of them off of that Enter Sandman, that Metallica yeah, the album. the Black album. It's just self-titled Metallica. The Enter Sandman would be the one that Unfor- I'm most unfor- familiar with. Uh, Unforgiven. Unforgiven. That's the one. And Nothing Else Matters. Oh, that's and it. Nothing... Yep. Yeah, those two were... I could handle those. I like those. Mm-hmm. You would probably like Fade to Black off of um, Ride the Lightning. <laughs> I probably would. I mean, it's about suicide, but I mean, it's it's a you, it's got that kind of um, ballad kind of vibe to it, at least at the beginning well, parts of it. It's got a cool guitar part. In wasn't it. one about an amputee? Wasn't that yeah, the deal with I think that? so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So even when they did ballads, they were about you know dreary, you know, very yeah. seriously depressing, dark subjects. Yeah. And that was I mean, like that was, a suicidal was song too, because I remember the lyric was absolutely. I hold my breath and I wish for death, or something like that. Yes. That's exactly yes. it. Oh, I mean, it was about a guy I... who was wishing he could die. Yeah. Yeah. And that So he wouldn't suffer. That's anymore. the one that I remember just had what I thought was like a really cool drum solo. In the video, I just yeah, remember it's got some cool riffs. Who yeah. played drums, Lars or was he guitar? Lars Ulrich. Lars. Lars played drums. In the video, Are they? he had a long solo in the video. Black and white video, I remember. Yep. Are they still Are they still touring? Are they still? Uh, I think so. I think they're actually going to go. They put out an album like recently, like in the last six months. Um, yeah, I think they, so. Because I, I listened to it on YouTube. I watched the videos on YouTube, and to be honest with you, I haven't really liked anything since the, the you know the, the black album um, that I was really like, wow, this is great. I bought Load and Reload, the two that came after that, mm-hmm. the one with Inner Sandman, and just it just was like, yeah, this is not going the direction I want. And so I really haven't listened to much other than to check in when they put something else out to say. Uh, you know, is this is this something I'm interested in or not? And it's not really, to be honest. But yeah, they're still doing it. Um, they were on some show recently. Yeah, that was the Grammys. Was it the Grammys? Yeah. Yeah, with Gaga. Uh, Lady yeah. Gaga. Yeah. And 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 her mic worked, that wasn't but good. his mic didn't work, and that wasn't good. Yeah. Well, beyond that, you could tell they they don't have when you when you get to be their age i mean they're probably what mid late 50s now i'd guess yeah um yeah I'm sure. you can't do what you did as a 20 it's like it'd be like you know um 
when Herschel Walker, who was one of the greatest athletes ever, when he was like, what, 50 something? Was it last year, year before last? He said, yeah, I, I can play in the NFL. I can play running back. And you're going, Herschel, you're one of the greatest ever, and you're still in phenomenal shape. You're in better shape at 60 than I am was at 30. Mm-hmm. But you ain't going to get out there and play, and it just, it just doesn't work. Everybody else gets, you know, so much bigger and faster and stronger, and you, Father Time is undefeated. So but didn't they, that, that reminded me of that when they when I to see Lars play drums now is kind of depressing. But didn't they uh, right after he said that? Didn't they also didn't they find out that he had like brain trauma problems? Wasn't that Herschel? Yeah, the Herschel. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody in the NFL is going to yeah, be headed that way. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Joe, thank you for weighing in on that. That is tough. Very tough. The music. You yes, mean. the music. It's <laughs> not, well, it's not tough. The head trauma is tough too. <laughs> Yeah, for different reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I love that. I love it when we talk music. So this is this has been great. Well, I, I was from the, the city too, so I really didn't know what a lawnmower song was. I was just thinking of stuff that outside with the headphones mm-hmm. and the and the Walkman. Because I mean, Dude, we didn't we did not have lawns either when I was growing up. Okay, we had side we had sidewalk. Yeah, and so maybe I need to think of a different name for these albums. Well, I don't know. Joe seemed to get it right away and other people are saying yes this was mine this is mine and it's all in that same vein totally. and if you've seen the great movie can't buy me love i remember it i don't i wasn't it patrick dempsey? Patrick, patrick dempsey on the lawnmower and he was always jamming to something in his headphones too it's just <laughs> yeah, a thing that you do i guess I mean, he was jamming so that hard one. that he didn't see this gorgeous girl come up to him because he was jamming. Was that Jennifer Love Hewitt? I don't remember. No, before, I don't think so. That was before. That was before. That was before she was time. probably in kindergarten when that movie came out. That was wasn't like she in something. Wasn't she in some movie that was sounded similar to Can't Buy yes, Me Love? Or Can't something Buy like Me that? Love was the original movie. You know, taking geek to chic, the high school mo- movie, where. Oh, so, the ugly duckling to the beautiful yes, swan. So that was the first one to do that kind of thing. And so we've had lots of copycats. And I bet you Jennifer Love Hewitt was in one of those copycats. Which I, I'm going to just go ahead and say it right now. You cannot ugly her up enough to fool anybody. That's true. Give me a break with that. I, I, yeah, you got a break on that. But that, <laughs> she's not the one from Can't Buy Me Love. That Can't Buy Me Love must have been early 80s. 84 maybe? I'm thinking 87. 87. This is our this is our look it up on the internet episode, so I'm gonna look it up. I would bet 87 trivia. Patrick right. Dempsey before he was mixed. 1987. Boom. Nice. Can't buy me love. Joe is killing it. <laughs> um, so let's see. 1987. Yep. Patrick Dempsey, Amanda Peterson. See, she she didn't do no any idea. other movies. Yeah, probably. Don't, don't remember the name, but uh, that reminds me of that movie. That was the same year. That's one of my favorites of that time. Was some kind of wonderful. Yes. Remember? Oh yeah. With the yes. With the little blonde Mary Stewart. Mary Stewart, Mary Stewart Masterson, Masterson had a big crush on her back in that year. She's highly underrated. Yep. And uh, Leah, was it Leah, Leah Thompson was the other. Was the good-looking girl, right? The one that was yes. The one that. Uh, but the one that you were supposed to think, oh, she's the one that he's going after. Yep. You know, a lot of stuff. Yeah. But no. Leah Thompson. Even at that age, in the '87, when I saw that as a teenager, I was like, nope. There's only one decision here in this. Yeah. Leah Thompson, isn't was, she from Back to the Future? The mom? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, yep, she's a mom. I think the she movie was, you're talking about with Jennifer Love Hewitt was also Freddie Prinze Jr. Well, that was the I know Probably, what you that I know what right. you did last summer. Oh, was that she was, in that Jennifer? Love yes. Hewitt? So Freddie Prinze yes. was in one of these copycat he was, movies. He was in that one. Yeah, he was yeah, in but that. But didn't one. they do one that was kind of like that though? 
Yes. Where he was mowing a yard or something? Well, I don't think he was mowing a yard. But he was. It was Jeez, that we're looking it up now. The movie, thing. the movie, the movie that's coming to mind is called "She's All That." Maybe. Yes, that's the one. She's all that. I think Freddie really? Prinze was uh, in that. Can't hardly wait uh, is the one that's coming up under. Oh, I remember her, that one. But, but um, Freddie Prince is not in that one. Let's see. He, that was 1990. Joe's right. So She's see. all that, and it's Freddie Prince Jr. And I don't remember the other girls and the girl's name. But was it weren't was it, what it wasn't Jennifer Love Hewitt? No, it, he's. I think Joe's right that it was Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince in "I Know What You Did Last Summer." Oh. Yep, they were both in that one. I know that one perfect. Okay, so uh, I, I, you, the one you're talking about is uh, with um, the one where they make the they have the nerdy girl yes. and he's like takes the bet to make her, you know. Yes. And then he falls in love with her. beautiful. And it's one of those where they're like, she's got like her hair in a ponytail and got glasses, these big glasses yep. on. And then they like pull the hair out and they take the glasses on. And they're <laughs> like, ooh, we're supposed to go, oh, yep. it's a magic trick. She's beautiful now. Yep. And it's like obvious you can see she is. She's in a movie. I mean, obviously she's incredible looking, you know, physically attractive before they even did that which is the most d- ridiculous thing ever i'm gonna go off the rails here with them with, with oh believe me we're so, already there with something with something like that that i just introduced my daughter to um uh-huh. do you, you guys have any you guys have any like uh association or any re- recollection of anything by doris day are you yes i, know who I, doris I, day I can is. go way back because um there's a musical well she was in mostly musicals but 1950s. She was in a movie called Calamity Jane. Ever, ever. Yes. Yes. And, Calamity uh, I've Jane. Seen that. Calamity Jane. And she was like, you know, the tough, rugged cowgirl Calamity Jane. And then they were uh, nobody had ever seen her like dressed up nice and pretty and everything. And uh-huh. um, finally, she got, you know, finally she got into her um, dress, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, we never knew." I made my daughter. <laughs> I made my daughter watch that. Because my daughter loves anything to do with show business, she likes she likes to watch stuff where the girl can sing and dance and and act. Mm-hmm. And I was cool. totally shocked that she actually enjoyed it. And she's eleven, so she watched a a movie. She doesn't want to watch anything that's black and white. She'll watch it if it's in color. She feels like if it's in black and white and it's old, it's not worth her time. But if it's in color, that's a good demarcation of yeah. it's got to be at least in color. I, I understand that. I got her into Gilligan's Island too, but she doesn't like the oh, wow. she doesn't like she doesn't like the Gilligan's Islands episodes in black and white. She won't watch them. She won't uh, watch them. Isn't that Wait a minute. I don't remember Gilligan's Island in black the and white. The first season oh, yeah. was in black and white. Black and white wow, is what I remember okay. yeah, most. You're right. Yeah. Um but that's wow. pretty cool, Joe, because Marianne there's, is the winner in that uh, one. Yep, yes. Me too. Marianne's the winner. We're there with we're there with you. Yep. <laughs> okay. Just I had to point that out. Go ahead, KJ. Um, I, I just think that she's probably the only 11-year-old girl in this country that has seen that Doris Day movie. So that's pretty cool. I think that's awesome. There's some songs in that movie that are catchy. She's uh, actually sung. She's actually got a few that she remembers. And uh, I mean, just blew in from the Windy City. She's uh, something about Doris Day. She was a cutie, too. She was. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. very talented. Yes, uh, uh, we were talking before about screen presence of Elvis. She's she had that screen. Yeah, like, you, you people. I don't think people. I often forget. So I'll, I'll include myself in people when I say people don't often realize. You see somebody on a, a movie screen, like it's a difference between like a TV screen size screen and a movie size screen. Mm-hmm. You have to have that. You have to have it in order to carry 
a movie like that size yep. and, and to, for it to come across the right way. You could be a really talented technical actor, but if you don't have it, you're not carrying the scene and carrying something on a screen that size. And it's just, I think it's easy to forget until you see someone who is that level of movie star next to, quote unquote, a regular, everyday, normal person that you know. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, <laughs> there's a difference here. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a different level. Yeah, yeah. I think the mo- a modern day one, and, and I, Tony has mentioned this, and Anne Hornaday has mentioned this. I totally agree, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, yes. you can't take your eyes yes. off of her, no matter who else is on the screen. Yes, I agree. Yeah, she's really, really good. I, s- I saw a picture of a friend of mine who is a you know a, an attractive girl. She met Taylor Swift. And you see Taylor Swift, and you're like, oh, she's she's not she's she's not bad looking. Mm-hmm. She's okay. Mm-hmm. And then you see her next to a person that you know in real life that is an attractive person, and you're like, okay, this is a whole different level we're talking about here. This is a whole new world of uh, you. You don't realize when people in movies, ugly people in movies are good, <laughs> are not not ugly in real life. <laughs> And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying it's it's different. You forget until you see these people next to people that you know mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, it's there's a reason why these people are famous yep. in some cases. Yeah. True. As much as I don't really care for Taylor Swift's music, she's a partially she's a star because of her just the star power yeah. that she has, yeah. that, that charisma or whatever you want to call it. And, and not to go feminist on you, but I think that that's true mostly for women. There are definitely male actors that are role actors that are supposed to be ugly, yes. and that's considered yeah. fine and okay. Like maybe Paul yes, Giamatti <laughs> would comes to mind. Yeah. But I would say even if you saw him next to ever, normal, everyday, average people, regular people, not movie star people, he's not bad. He's not like an, an ugly guy. The guy from no. Boardwalk Empire always comes to mind. Yes. Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, yeah. Yeah, and he's got those part eyes. Part of that must, at least for the women, like Taylor Swift, she probably wasn't like that when she first started out. But then when she got famous and got tips on style and tips on how to do makeup, that makes a difference, a huge difference. And then the people have oh, the time yeah. to work out eight hours a day or whatever, yes. you know. It's totally, it's a different, it's a different world. Yeah. I mean, their job is to, to look be good. in shape yeah. and to be, you know, presentable. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and One of my... One of my daughter's favorite. She's one of my daughter's favorites too. Taylor. Taylor. She sings all of her pop songs and all of her country songs. Yep. Just yeah. throwing that in there. I can totally, I can totally understand that and see that. It's, I, it's, it's totally a situation where she's not for me. I'm not the target audience there, so I totally understand that. I see why mm-hmm. she's famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm bringing it back to she's all that. It's okay. Freddie Prince Jr. But it was Rachel Lee Cook. Oh, yes. And she was only in a few movies. She's mm-hmm. All That was one of them. I, I, I know exactly what she looks mm-hmm. like when that, as you say yeah. her name. Yep. yep. Wow. Pulled that one out of the air. Well, I pulled it off of Wikipedia. I think she pulled it out of Google, yeah. <laughs> IDMB is what I pulled it off of. No, I mean, I I go. just by knowing that, I pulled it out of the air because I, I remember it was on. I've never really watched the whole movie, but I remember him being in it. Yes. Just amazing cool. that it came to mind. 1999 that was wow <clears throat> well joe thank you so much for joining us absolutely wow i had a, blast, a lot of guys. fun i had a wonderful time thank you for asking me you bet. yeah man so much fun to talk music and jingles and tony's show and to hear 
um, from someone who is such a, a presence and a force and a part of the show, you know, from, you know, the beginning of the jingles on through now and to know that you started um, getting involved you, where you, you got involved with Tony was from newspapers. That's, that's mm-hmm. awesome to me too. Cause my kids don't even know what a newspaper is. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I think. Well, um, it was a pleasure and both of you are mentioned in my latest jingle. So you need to go check that out. And yes, um, yes. Awesome. Can't wait to see you guys in June. Yeah, but you'll be both a- be there. You'll both be there, right? Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Yes. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, la- we'll be on last year. We'll be part of- you'll have to Go be. Well, we'll all be, I guess, in a hotel setting this year. So last year, I remember the four of us. Four of us went to um, a bar like a couple blocks away. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. It was Sean, myself, Claire, and Steve. Steve. And Steve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a blast mm-hmm. for like three hours just sitting there talking about this stuff. So hopefully, yes. we can do that something was- like that. Yeah, I definitely. That was when do... we were standing out on the street on the corner, and um, I was considered because I was staying at the hotel right next to the venue, and my wife was like, "I'm going back to the hotel," and I was like, "I was." You guys were like, "You and Sean were like, you want to go?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and I was like, "I'm going to go." I'm, I'm thinking about going, and that's when Rob and Luke called me and went, um, "We got locked out of the garage. We need you to give us a ride back to our hotel." I remember that. Like, yeah, I remember ten that. miles away. Yeah, I, I was out that. there so, yeah, too. I missed that on that. We were waiting for yes. my very first Uber. And, um, oh, you know, I had fancy. my friend Rachel with me, and she mm-hmm. is a non-little, and she sat through that jingle fest, and I was pushing my luck, I think, to ask if, I, if she wanted to go <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Well, I was sh- in that situation the first year. Yeah. You should have seen yeah. her face during the Schwitz break. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never you forget seen it. my face, and I was on the stage. Yeah. I'll never forget it. <laughs> that whole thing was That's ridiculous. That's kind of hard yeah. to explain to someone. It who absolutely is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think we can almost explain TK Jingles now, but Schwitzsongs Club is yeah. a whole other level yeah. of. It's best, best just like uh, it's just a thing. Just yeah, it's the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Definitely. But thank you very much, though. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you again. All right. Have a good night, everybody. You too. All right. See you next time. All right. All right. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Created by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Special consultant for guest acquisitions is KJ Onstead. And speaking of guests, one more time, we want to thank our guest today, Joe Arrow, for coming on with us. You can find Joe on Twitter at Joey the Jammer. And you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Speak Tangents. You can email us at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com. If you listen to us through iTunes or Stitcher, please do leave us a review. It does help. At least that's what they tell us. And by they, I mean, well, they, you know. Lastly, you can find all of these links on our website at speakingoftangents.com. And speaking of links, ooh-wee, all of our snow is melted, and at this rate, I should be golfing by April 1st. And that ain't no April Fools. And speaking of April Fools, does anybody even do that anymore? I remember the best April Fools joke that I've ever done. It was actually my brother and I played a joke on my mom. Growing up, we lived in a apartment complex and we had one of those individual garages 
And we always parked in the garage. Well, not always. Sometimes we parked out in the regular parking lot if the weather was going to be nice. But anyway, we usually parked in the garage. So the morning of April Fool's one year, it was Sunday morning services, and we got up ahead of my mom, and we went out and moved the car out of the garage and parked it out of eyesight. And we went out to go to the church, open up the garage door, no car. Oh my gosh, where's the car? Well, maybe we parked it out in the parking lot. Let's look there. So we go out in the parking lot and mom doesn't see it anywhere. And we said, mom, we must have gotten robbed. You know, we always park in the parking lot or in the garage. And then finally, when it was clear that we couldn't do this anymore without her calling the police, we, uh, we told her, April Fools! And my mom never swears. She always, the worst that she ever did was say, you guys are such pills. This time, she said, oh, you guys are such Now, you might not think that that sounds like a great joke, but one, it would if you only knew my mom. And two, we missed church that day. And oh, if you only knew what we did instead. Graphics by Jason Fuse. Watashi wa yuki ga daisuku desu. So stay, I stay, mas.